15 minutes could save you 15% or more. Is that Shakespeare? Nope, it's Geico. Uh, yeah, 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 that's Shakespeare from one of his unpublished works. Oh, it be not for awakening. Nay, give it thou the berries. For 15 minutes could save you 15% or more. No, it's from Geico, because they help save people money. Well, I hate to break it to you, but Geico got it from Shakespeare. Geico. 15 minutes could save you 15% or more. What's good? It's your boy, the coach from the WWE Golf Channel, PGA Tour, EA Sports Madden. You know what time it is. I was a little skeptical at first. Oh, but no longer. It's all about great content. It is now time for yet another episode of the 2B Blunt Podcast with my boys, Frank Knox and Peasy. You never know what they're going to say, but hey, isn't that the beauty of it all? Enjoy. A brand new episode starts right now. Episode 7, here we are. Everything's great. I know, man. And what a hell. You know, we got a big weekend coming up. We got SummerSlam. We got TakeOver. We had Raw SmackDown this week. It's going to be a huge show tonight. It's going to be epic. So we're going to talk, obviously, Raw and SmackDown. We're going to have to discuss the upcoming shows this weekend. But on top of all that, we have a special guest today. We have... The Red Knight of Germany. We have the New England legend, Joseph Von Schmidt, live in studio. I can't wait to hear what he has to say, man. It's going to be a good show, but let's not get too ahead of ourselves here. I know. I already said he was going to be live in studio, and he's not even going to be fucking here. We're just yeah. calling in for the interview. But that's it. You know the problem is, Frank, is I didn't get my mind right, and I'm trying to jump the gun here. That's what I'm saying. We forgot the most important part of the show. Absolutely. And you know what that is? The ceremonial lighting of the blunt. My favorite part of the podcast and yours. So you already know. Frank came through today. By the way, before I light this thing, he stopped at the package store on the way in. That's right. For those of you not from the Northeast, I'm talking the liquor store. And he brought over a couple beers. We got some fireballs. You'd think this was the bachelor party episode, but that's next week. It's just the prelude to next week. You're, you think this is bad. Wait till next week. I'm going to bring kegs, handles. Oh, my God. Midget strippers. Oh, my God. What? Midget strippers? What kind of show is this going to be, Frank? It's going to be a send-off, man, did to, you, did for the you, bachelor party weekend. If you come over my house with midget strippers, all right, we're in big trouble. Yeah, yeah I know, I know, I know. We're in big trouble. Because you know what's going to happen is the boss is going to get home. I'm talking to my fiance, and she's going to see us all sitting around here, smoking weed, gallons of booze, midget strippers, and it's going to be devastating. She's going to be going, ah, ah. 
That's right. That's right. She's going to be walking out the door with her bags. She's going to be like, fuck this guy. <laughs> so hold on. Before I jump the gun, let's get right to the ceremonial lighting the well, blunt. What, what are we smoking this week? Hold on. We didn't, hold on, Frank. Hold on, bro. We didn't even get that far. Let's light the damn thing first. All right, all right. You know? You know, I feel like, you know, there's just a, a, a plethora of weed in front of us, you know? And I feel like the first thing we should do is light it. So I ask you, Frank. Are you ready? I'm here. I'm ready, PZ. I said, are you ready? I'm fucking ready. Then, for the two of us in this podcast studio, and the hundreds listening at home, let's get ready to smoke it! Yeah, baby! Tell him, Frank! And if you're not down with that, we got two words for you. Smoke it! I'm crotch chopping my ass off over here, damn it! That's right! You suck it! You suck it over there! You suck it too! (laughs) We lighten the kick palm up! Break it down! Holy shit. that smells magical. Oh, wow. I got so excited. My headphones are flying off. There's some smelly, tasty shit, Frank. So if you didn't know, I I got something very special for this week. A very special strain of the week, Frank. What's that? This strain of the week is called Wonka Bars. Ah, like after Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory. That's right. And I'll tell you why, because it's all got to do with the genetics. The genetics of this breed is one that you're very familiar with, GMO. Yep, yep, I remember. I had a lot of questions about that. <laughs> yeah, it's not the human growth hormone. It's literally called GMO. And if you haven't tried GMO, I'm telling you right now, one of my favorite strains, the smelliest, the dankiest. It's like you smell the sock that got peed on by a cat. It's, it's disgusting and delicious all at the same time. Man, I don't know if I want to smoke it now after you said that. Oh, whatever, Frank. It's GMO and it's crossed with thin mint cookies, it's and that's where you get the walking chip. It might be mint chocolate chip. It's same thing. Thin oh. mint, mint chocolate chip, minty chocolate. But it's Wonka bars. Speaking of Wonka bars, I mean, you know, Uncle Charlie, that guy is a real jabroni, huh? Dude, he couldn't walk. All of a sudden, you got a golden ticket. He cops out of bed. This guy was. <laughs> Bed bound his entire fucking life, all the sick to sick to the bone. You know what I mean. And all of a sudden, his little kid wins a golden ticket off a chocolate bar. And what happens? Yeah. Well, whatever grandson kid. I mean, who the fuck cares? You know, this, this guy sat in bed for years, wouldn't provide for his family. Then his grandson wins a golden ticket. He hops up and freeloads off his coattails. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> you know, fuck. You know, but still. The Wonka Bars is a fire strain. We're about to get super lit. We got two King Palms loaded. We got tall beers. We got nippers. We got everything loaded here. It's just me and Frank in the studio. The Scott decided he was too fucking good for us this week. So fuck the Scott. <laughs> you know, you can't stump the Scott, but you can try to cut a promo versus your boy right here. Or you, Go ahead can, and or you can free, freestyle with Frank Knox. That's right. You could also, you know, do a little we gas or cipher, trash. Yeah. But we don't want to open the lines up yet. You no, know? Yet. First, before we even get into anything, Frank, how was your fucking weekend, bro? It was good, man. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, it was not. It was. 
Oh, shit. <coughs> oh, you're getting the walking bard, bro. <coughs> you know, them bars. Not the Zannies, but them bars. I just hung out. Yeah? I didn't do anything extravagant. No? I watched a lot of Yankees, Red Sox, baseball. I'm a big Yankees fan, so it was nice to to sweep in, New, in the Bronx. Picked up four games this weekend. That was good. Really? Yep. Wow. Yeah, Yankees, man. You know, we had a big convo about the Yankees back when uh, Alex Rojas was in the studio. That's right. But that's it. That's all you did. You had nothing else. Because I know I had a pretty big weekend. I mean, I went and saw Hobbs and Shaw, Oh, you saw The Rock in the movies? If you smell... Ow! <laughs> what The Rock is cooking. I wish we had his theme music to hit right now. Oh, great. fuck. That would have been awesome. You're right. But Hobbs and Shaw was good, man. It's like... Uh... When I was there, I was like, this is a movie for anyone to see. You know how there's those um, series of movies like the Marvel and DC and then the Star Wars? Of course, yeah. But this, like the Fast and Furious is for anybody. You don't have to be in the superheroes. You don't have to be in the sci-fi. It's just action-packed, kind of family-oriented shit. And the spinoff on this... Was took it to another step because you had the normal Fast and Furious action. Did it tie in with the movie at all? The like the original series? Yeah, it's a little bit. Okay, all right. But dude, this movie was fucking hilarious. Like everything really? The Rock does, he always puts a twist of humor of on. Of course, it that I love. He's the people's chip. Yeah, and it was funny. And you didn't get that. I, we didn't get that with any of the other Fast and Furious movies. We just got pure action nonstop. You know, intensity, right. but this one mixed in comedy, which I thought was great because I love to laugh. Right. So you had Jason Statham. You had, what is it, Idris Elba? I forgot. I can't remember I said that guy's name right. Dwayne Johnson. Any other members of the the Fast and Furious family show up, make an appearance? Well, I want you to watch it, man. All I right. Wanna, All I, right. I, you know, I'm going to give you All the right. rundown. Did you see Stuber yet? No, I still didn't. You still haven't seen fucking Stuber? God well, damn it. I wanted to see Stuber, but oh. the problem is... They play. They only played it like one time. What do you mean? Like two thirty-five p.m. during the day. I'm not. You know, no, like, it's already at that point where they're starting to pull it. Yeah, it's already been pulled, bro. It's already completely gone. You're doing yourself, <coughs> pardon me, an honest disservice by not watching this movie. You and the entire to be blunted universe. I'm telling you right now that movie. You say that Hobbs and Shaw is funny. I'm going to be the judge, and just because you said that, I'm going to go this weekend, Frank. I will before we go to the bachelor party. Before the Bachelor Party episode next week, I promise you I will see Hobbs and Shaw. We're right. going to compare and contrast next week. That's cool. But you have to go see Stuber. Well, I, at this point, I have to wait for it to stream because I can't even go see Stuber unless I went to, like, the Alley Theater in Hartford, which I'm probably not safe to go to anyways. So. True, true. I hear you. Well, here's some more of this Wonka bars. And speaking of Wonka bars, I mean, not... what did you do this weekend? Oh my god, I almost like, started going you know, forward. You know, keep asking me, oh Frank, what did you do this weekend? No man, what'd you do this weekend? Unknown oh, caller. We've already got a caller. Wow, it's really making a lot of noise too. Usually it doesn't go right to here, but I'm gonna go ahead and let this go. Yeah, let's let him in. I'm trying to. Press one. Just send a. This the two B Blunt podcast. What's, What's your name? Who you call? Where you calling from, man? Yeah. Uh, it's easy. What's going on, everybody? Moonshine? It's Moonshine. Yes, sir. It sure is Moonshine right here. How's it going? Wow. Yeah. Moonshine calling again. Out of rehab now. Frank's choking. Pardon yes, sir, me right now. For about a week now. Frank's, huh? Frank's over here choking. His brain's out. We're smoking some Wonka bars. I know you know nothing about this, but we getting Lydia. Oh, we getting is. Lydia in here. 
I used to get late, but not no more. My friend rehab done me good. Moonshine. Frank yes, would, Frank asked me what I did this weekend, and I was going to get started right before you called. But since you called, I want to go right into a little segment of what I did this weekend because we ran into each other. We did. We sure did there at uh, their Tazerac. That's right. Me and Moonshine Frank were down at Tazerac's in Naugatuck for the Test of Strength House Rules show. All right, cool. How was it? Yeah, sure. What a good time that was. And what a good time. Let me tell you, Moonshine looked great in there. He looks so good, he's even got new fucking pants, bro. Not them rip sheds. He got some fucking straight leg shits. He got them new <laughs> fucking... Sorry, I cleared up my hat. I got me a new pair of jeans. I saw on social media, I mean, he cut off his hair, trimmed his beard, everything. Oh, he looks completely different. I almost didn't recognize him until I saw the suspenders, and that kind of gave it away. <laughs> does, does he still have Richard? <laughs> no, he didn't come with Richard. I Richard, not have Richard, no, sir. Richard's in timeout, bro. Richard is in timeout, sir. He, he's put away, and uh, maybe one day I'll bring him back out. But right now, he's got to stay. He's got to stay locked away. Right, maybe with like some water in there or something, you know, some seltzer. No, no, he he done gave me some bad advice one time, so so he's got he's, he's in trouble. So I saw Moonshine over the weekend, Frank at Tazbacks, and he wrestled. And I'm telling you, this guy looked great. He looked great, Frank. You got to come see Moonshine. Uh, I wish I saw him. Thank you so much, Mr. Freezy. Dude, I'm telling you, it's like watching a whole new person out there, you know? And and Moonshine flew, bro. He flew. This guy was sitting there. There was like six dudes outside the ring, and Moonshine comes flying in and hits a fucking tope suicida. I was bugging out. Wow. Yeah, sir. Well, well, now that I I don't drink no more, I'm not near the ground. Now I can fly. That's right, he did it, he flew. I'm telling you, this guy put you, on the show. As you like to say, Mr. Peasy, as you like to say, why drink and drive when you can smoke and fly, right? There, that's right? right, that's right. And that's not the only thing you did this weekend, is it? I saw a no, video sir. online, bro. Wrestler's Laboratory. Wrestler's yes, Laboratory, sir. where you were in a promo video with a man who was one oh, of yes, the sir. first to show the To Be Blunt podcast love. Mr. Anthony Gangone. My favorite wrestler in the North. You got to tell me, yeah. Moonshine, what's going on with you and Gangone, man? What's going on with you two? Well, well he got in my ear a little bit, and he told me, you know, I got to open up my eyes and see that that, that their hippie dicky moon, all he does is like to party. And, and you know why? He's right. And, and sometimes you got to put your partying days behind you and, and move on. And if he wasn't ready. So did you sever your friendship and ties with hippie dicky moon? I think I've seen you... They have cost them the match. Oh yeah, I, um, I, did, I did not. I did not do that because I do not like Hippie Dicky Moon. I, I do like Hippie Dicky Moon, but but you know he's got to open his eyes as well to realize that that you know if you keep partying and keep the same lifestyle, nothing's gonna change. He's got a good point. You know, I, I just did that to, to make make him realize like maybe it's time for a change. Maybe, maybe if you want to win, you got to step up your game a little bit. You can't just be doing the same old stuff. So you're saying hip uh, Moon needs to stop smoking pot, is what you're saying? I, I don't know about that, but, but what he do got to do is he got to open his eyes and start listening to people. It's hard to open your eyes after you, you smoke a lot forward. of weed, though. I know. <laughs> if you want to move forward in this business and, and you know make a name for yourself, you you got to do something a little different. Think outside the box sometimes. Moonshine, I'm saying. Yes, listen, I know that you know you don't party anymore. But 
I need uh, a sober person. All right. All right. I have a job yes, for a sober person, and I can't think of any other way to test the real sobriety of Moonshine, right? Then to have him right. be the enforcer for the bachelor party edition of the podcast. The man, it'll be like Where our designated that? driver. He will sit here. He will keep tabs on how much we're drinking, how much pot we're smoking. Maybe we'll bring in the biggest stoner I know in the world. Let's see how many milligrams of weed he can smoke in one sitting while we're talking about Hobbs and Shaw and, and Stuber. <laughs> This well, is gonna be talking about SummerSlam too. This is gonna talk. This is gonna be a shit show next week. I'm just saying. Uh, I don't great. know what you think, Frank. Right, but what do you I'm think about having Moonshine? Yeah, what do you think about Moonshine being our chauffeur man? I would love that. I mean, we need someone to keep us accountable next week because the Bachelor Party Edition is going to be out of control. We all know that. So you're right, Peasy. Who better than Moonshine? Moonshine, a sober Moonshine I in studio. To keep track, I to make sure we don't get out of control. I mean, there it is. That's it. He's agreed to breaking it. Breaking news. I can't believe it. Take breaking. That down, That's right. Suck it, baby. <laughs> we got moonshine coming next week on the Two Be Blood Podcast, the Rebel Podcast. It's gonna be amazing. Man, we've seen him. This is gonna be eight weeks. Yeah. Since he's been calling in and keeping yeah. up, that we're going to finally see him for the first time. Eight you, weeks, bro. At least me. Yeah. Sober. I, I saw him Saturday. He looked great. You know? I saw him oh, online Sunday. He looked great. You know? Now you're going to be able to I see just, him I in person. I want to say one thing before I get going. Okay. Go and, ahead, uh, Moonshine. Uh, Mr. Peasy, yes. I just want to say happy anniversary to my beautiful wife for nine years today, my friend. Oh, it's amazing. Happy anniversary, Moonshine. Yeah, she's... Thank you very much. She done stuck with me through all the drinking and all that craziness, and, and now she gets to live the good life. What does she feel about? How, how does she feel about you being sober? She sure does like it. I'll tell you that. She she's such a sweetheart. She she's like moonshine. You gotta get sober now. And I say, all right, honey. But she's been telling me for years. But that's all right. But but you know. But but now I finally I finally done got sober, and and and, and she couldn't be happier. Uh, I'm really happy for you too. So happy anniversary to her. Happy She's anniversary to right both there. of you. That's right. Thank you very much, Mr. Frank. And I guess we'll uh, we'll see you next week. I will see you next week. I'll be your special guest enforcer on the Two Feet Bluff Podcast, PZ Edition with, with the Bachelor Party Edition. That's with right. Go, close enough. PZ. Close enough. That was great. <laughs> All right. I'll uh, see you guys next week. I can't wait to be in the studio. All right, Moonshine. Uh, bye-bye now, guys. Have a good, have a good night. Take it easy. Wow, bro. What a phone call. That that turned into a, I don't know. It was just, I kind of steered off in one direction, but this idea came to me. I was like, we got to have Moonshine in studio as the sober guy in house. The only man when we start slurring our words and fucking up that can step in and keep everyone entertained. (laughs) I agree, man. We need someone to hold us accountable. That's right. I agree. I agree, man. And so, yeah, that's what I did over the weekend. But that all tied in, I guess. I was at Tazrax on Saturday. Yeah, that's right. You did the announcing. With, that's uh, right. Commentary yeah. with Jason Stewart. And then I was, uh, Sunday I went to the casino. And I did not end up like the Scott, which was pretty awesome. And I also didn't win. Like the Scott. Yeah, I didn't win. And old Scott won a little bit. I literally didn't he win won shit. It, but then he just blew it all away. The only winning I did was that I went to some fucking, like, uh, uh, orchard, vineyard. I don't know. I went to some place that was like, dude, 10 minutes away. You got to go, bro. They make in-house cider, right? Hard ciders. 
and they all taste amazing. And they have this one that's like an IPA cider. It's like beer champagne. Wow. Bro, when I tell you, your mind's blown. Do you remember the name of it? Or what town it was in? Any, I mean, any indication how I may get there? Uh, I have it on my phone. So I'll show all it to right, you next time right, we hit. When we go to break. When we go to break, our next break, we'll go into it. I think I got a can in the fridge. Okay, I'll show you what it's all about. You know, let's keep it moving, bro. You know, um, I got, there's a lot of cannabis news, you know, from the past week that I kind of want to go into, if that's all right with you. I, didn't I think love cannabis right. news, man. You that's know, right. I try to stay informed. Hell yeah. So in a, in a big, uh, big release, California OK's cannabis sale and use at the San Francisco Outside Lands Music Festival. That's what? this weekend. Uh, yeah, yeah, exactly. Well, Frank, you did your homework. Holy shit! Yeah, man, you don't know about. No, this I didn't say I didn't know, but you, you know, I didn't, write, I didn't write it in the script. Oh, yeah. But you're over here, you know. Uh, it's a big show. You've yeah, got Paul Simon, Childish Gambino, right? You know, big yeah. guys playing. Thank you very much. This is the first time that they've uh, they've had weed consumption and sale at an event that large. Like, they've done smaller little festivals, but they're saying, like, 200,000 over the course of a weekend go to this thing. Yeah, this is a this is one of the biggest music festivals in the country, you know. So there's going to be a lot of people there, and the weed is going to be... Man, if you live in San Francisco that weekend, you're going to just get high being outside, I think. Yeah, well, there's this one guy who is uh, talking shit, though. And there's this anti cannabis activists which we don't like here at the to be blunt podcast this guy's name was kevin sabbath you know what he said he said smoking of any kind is not allowed for good reason in any san francisco park making an exception here for today's ultra potent marijuana would be a terrible precedent and a giant step backwards for public health can you believe this guy he said ultra potent marijuana that's what we just smoked bro look at us cutting this fucking sick ass show cutting sick ass promos and that guy is a jabroni, and we shouldn't even give him credit. I know, but I thought that that was ridiculous, <laughs> bro. I know, right? Fuck that guy. Can you believe that? And in other news, uh, you, you know, I look at these cans. You know what these cans remind me of? The size of these tall boys? These are typical, what, 20 fucking four ounces? Something know. like that. Yeah. Arizona iced tea. 99 cents. 99 cents. And did you know the Arizona iced tea maker will likely be starting to sell vape weed pens, weed gummies, and marijuana-infused beverages after reportedly they they struck a deal with a cannabis company. So you're saying like Stoner Palmers, half CBD, half THC? That's right. Exactly, bro. Can you imagine stopping at the dispensary and picking up a Stoner Palmer? I think we know what next week's commercial's got to be. I think we just invented it right I here. I think we got it, bro. I think that's what it's got to be. Yeah, so Arizona Iced Tea's parent company paying a licensing deal with a cannabis company called Dixie Brands, Inc., according to the Wall Street Journal. And the reported move would make Arizona one of the first big beverage brands inside the U.S. to begin selling marijuana. That's going to be huge, man. I mean, it's, it's something that's going to happen. Someone's got to take the first risk, one of these big food brands, beverage brands, and just start infusing marijuana in their products because we all know that's going to that's the great thing about it. it's going to be the future you know there's no way about it people are going to eat drink smoke weed well i wish you would tell that to the next guy we're going to talk about right there's a headline i saw when i was scrolling through the uh as tim, tim mcmahon would say the social media the twitter the twitter and the headline read governor from Kentucky floats a bunch of batshit crazy cannabis theories. 
So you know right away, you got to click into that because that's all right. You know, you know, it's going to be great news, right? So this jabroni, Governor Matt Bevin, sat down with uh, a Kentucky-based news radio, WKDZ, on Wednesday for a wide-ranging discussion of current issues. Among the topics, cannabis legalization, Frank. And of course, you know, because why else? It's 2019, goddammit. So Bevin's over here. He's already under a lot of pressure, right? Prior to his term in office, the state legislator chose not to properly fund its state employees and teacher pensions. The money was tight, so they figured they'd pay that bill later. They'd pay it later, Frank. Can you believe it? We'll just worry about that one later. <laughs> you know, but it's something we've all done at one point in our lives, I'm sure. Not so way it handles state, but you know. So Kentucky did it for 13 years. 13 years, bro. Wow. 13 years. So now when the bills come due, the pension fund's $43 million in debt. $43 billion, I mean. Sorry, not million. $43 billion in debt. Billion? Billion. Not even million, right? So some have floated the idea like, well, let's legalize cannabis and use a tax revenue to pay down the pension debt. All these other states are doing it already, right? So you know what this jabroni said? And I quote, you got to listen to this, Frank. This guy said, everybody in Kentucky would need to smoke pot for the next 600 years, he told WKDZ. And then after 600 years of smoking pot, if we did indeed dedicate 100% of the money, then we would have enough money to fund what we owe to the pensions in 2019. It's not a serious solution. It's a ridiculous proposal. 600 fucking years, bro? 600 years? Dude, I mean, they have. that's going to be some type of... I mean, they're going to make money somehow on it. They have to do it. Bro, I had our, I had our team do some numbers, right? So Kentucky's got 4.5 million residents, right? So let's say 500,000 are under 21, right? That leaves 4 million people buying cannabis, you know, which is pretty much like everybody in Kentucky at that rate, every year, which is 6.6 times Colorado's current consumer base. So you'd be bringing in roughly 6.6 billion every five years. Now, I had a 2B Blunt data team run the numbers to their TI-83 graphing calculators. Wow. And the result, under Bevin's Everybody Smokes program, Kentucky pension debt would be paid down in 6.5 years, not 600. What a fucking jabroni. What an idiot. What an idiot. Maybe you should be running down there, man. You should be in charge. Yeah, well, you know what? I, I will. I will. your nomination right now. I'm getting fired up. I think we got to take a little break. Maybe it's time we could give uh, Don Kincaid a call. I think it's probably about that time. Uh, coming up, we're going to be talking Raw Smackdown. We're going to talk SummerSlam takeover a little bit. And then we're going to talk, really talk, to Joseph Von Schmidt in the second hour. It's going to be huge. So before we get any further, allow me to place a ring to Don Kincaid, Frank. Ladies and gentlemen, exclusive breaking news brought to you by the Kincaid Hotline. And now, renowned reporter, Don Kincaid. It's Don Kincaid, baby! That's right, Don. I got the minutes loaded up this week. We're going to have to work out a contract before you keep fluctuating with these prices on me again. Me and Frank Knox, we've had enough of this. Well, hey, baby, I remember last week 
Frank Knox says, hey, what is Kincaid? Like the stock market with all of this fluctuation? So I've come up with a flat rate for both you and Mr. Frank Knox. How do you say How do you like that? I think you better send it to uh, our lawyers and we can work out the contract. Well, how about I just mention it now? Maybe you can maybe mow it over. It's only $2.99. That's $2.99. $2.99. Oh, $2.99? A second? Yeah, baby. A second? You're out of your yeah. goddamn mind, Don. Yeah, baby. Yeah, baby. I got hey, hey, I'm drawing up that contract. I'll be sending that to you pretty soon. Um, Hey, man, I got some big news coming up. I mean, you know what, man? We've got some local guys. We always feel love when the local guys make some big waves out in that independent scene. And I want to start with one Dave Cole. We all know some Dave Cole. He's a veteran from the New England area. He's moved mid uh, uh, west, if you will, out to Colorado, if you will. Oh, and I like Colorado, Don. They got a weed hey, legal there. That's your part. That's your neck of the woods. That's right. <laughs> um, hey, man, he's been making a splash. Not in the ring, though, which is fantastic because he, I think he's kind of retired from the ring, but he's making a splash by hand painting ring canvases for major companies. And one major company that I really have to mention because it's very recent is he's been doing these hand-painted canvases for New Japan Wrestling. And not only has he done it for the G1 Supercard, he has been asked to do it for the Super J Cup. Uh, whoa! Wow! Wow! Um, that is that is cool. Wow! God, what was that? <laughs> that, that, was a, that? That was that was a little Mountain Dew coming back up. I'm sorry, Peasy. Um, hey, uh, he, he's got he's doing a hand painted canvas for Super J Cup that's coming to the United States, man. That is some big shit. That is big. Dave Cole. I love me some Dave Cole. That's um, right. So uh, I want to move on because, hey, there's some something going on with Chris Jericho. Not there, that there isn't anything going on with Chris Jericho. He's so busy. But coming this Saturday, August 10th, Chris Jericho is launching his brand new wrestling slash metal slash horror website. So we're going to get a plethora of content and media on this website. So look for webisjericho.com coming this Saturday, David. Wow. Finally, he's not doing something else than talking shit online, you know? Him and Matt Riddle have been going back and forth. You see that, Don? I thought you'd be covering that today. Oh, I can't wait to listen to that, man. Um, Hey. Oh, man. Hey, speaking of local guys... We've got some. We've got some more love for the local guys. One pot buck. I, mem- I mentioned last week that he did a guest coaching gig at the WWE Performance Center. Well, that has led into a full-time job with one Pat Buck, and we are so ecstatic and send out some love to one Pat Buck for that. And it's free. I want to jump into some AAA news because we haven't talked about AAA, and there's been some. Things happening in AAA. Now, I want to start with one Tessa Blanchard. She's been making a huge impact, ha, pun intended, in Impact Wrestling. And, man, she came down to AAA, went into the main, main big, gigantic show called Triple Mania, and she has now in, has required the AAA Queen of Queens Championship. And that is the only 
the only singles women professional wrestling championship that Triple A Lucha Libre worldwide offers in the company. So congrats to one Tessa Blanchard for becoming the Queen of Queens champion. She's been making a lot of waves and impact, and now here she is in Triple uh, A. Now, are you familiar with the UFC, my friend? Oh, yeah. Yeah, definitely. I mean, yeah. Come on. Of course. But hey, you never know. But hey, um, Mr. Ken Velasquez, he is the former UFC champion. And the, oh, man, man, did he knock out Brock Lesnar way back in 2010. And he is still actively fighting in MMA. But man, oh, man, he, he made his way into AAA wrestling. Yes, I said that correctly. He made his way into AAA wrestling. What? And he came in. Yeah, and he came in with a mask. His name, it resembled like a bull kind of thing, and they announced him a bull as kind El- of thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They announced him as El Toro. Oh, you know what that means, Don? What, El Toro? What does that mean? I'm, that's what I'm asking you. Oh, no, I don't know what that means. Probably something like a bull, man. El Toro. I don't know. I don't speak Spanish. But, hey, that's not even the biggest news. He was in the six-man match with what they call a trio special attraction. And guess, check this shit out, man. His... Uh, Packing partners was like, oh, dude, this is amazing. It's Cody Rhodes was one, and Psycho Clown, he's a AAA staple down there. They were his tag team champions in this trio match. I mean, I gotta watch this match somewhere, Peasy. Wow, that's huge, man. The guy would be Brock Lesnar. Well, hey, I am charging you $2.99 seconds right now, so I do all they want to. Wait a second, I never signed on to that yet, Don. Oh, 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 I gotta okay, have my lawyers look over the paperwork before you think you're gonna start, you know, laying down the pricing. For now, it's gonna stay. Uh, what? Twelve ninety nine a minute? Okay, that's fair. All right. So this now, <laughs> um, I want to leave off with some WWE news because I think it's kind of big. Because hey, we are upon the Crown Jewel two. Yes, I, I did say that correctly. Crown Jewel two, and it's going to be taking place for Friday, November 1st. But if you follow WWE news, they're going over to Fox. Once they go over to Fox, SmackDown's not going to be live. It's going to be broadcasted on Friday evening. So that could be a big wrench in the system. So we have to look forward into the future, follow WWE, see what they say about the event, and see what the date is. Holy crap. Wow, Daddy, all right? No, man. When I'm talking to PZ, I lose my shit. I, <laughs> I can I, tell. I can't breathe, man. I can't breathe. I wasn't sure if it was Crown Jewel or you were just happy to be in my presence. Yeah, hey, uh, I think it was a Crown Jewel, man. Oh, son of a bitch. <laughs> no, man, I love me some PZ. I love me some Freak Knox. And I can't wait till next week to see what the... Kincaid, how I bring, baby. This is the World of the Anthony Gango. You're also a world champion and the sole CGW world tag you're tuned into another episode of To Be Blunt with Peace. You already know Frank Knox and Peasy back in the house. Man. Man, I can't believe I heard that correctly. Never mind Don Kincaid said it correctly. What do you mean? Crown Jewel 2? We will not be covering that on the To Be Blunt podcast. Well, I mean, I guess not. You don't think we should cover Crown Jewel 2? Fuck the Crown Jewel 2. Fucking no good Crown Jewel 2. Did you like Crown Jewel 1? No, I hated the goddamn Crown Jewel. All right, then. I hated the super shit down, you know? All that shit. Royal Rumble. 
They were all fucking garbage. You're right. You're right. It really was. It was all garbage. But you know what wasn't garbage? Raw SmackDown this week. Thank God. You know, I feel like it's getting better and better every time. I've been enjoying what I've been watching, especially the beginning of Raw this week, which was Andrade versus Rey Mysterio, which was a fantastic match. I could watch these guys work all night. And, of course, that wasn't their first match even, but let me tell you, they put on a show. You know, uh, every time I see Rey Mysterio and Andrade in the ring, it's magic, bro. It's butter. It's so smooth. Everything they do is just like uh, it just it's like going like Cirque du Soleil or some shit, you know? It's, fucking, it's crazy. It's great. I loved it. I mean, the first time they feuded, it was great. I thought Andrade was going to be pushed higher than he was. But here we go round two, and I hope that he gets the push because he's a great heel worker. He really you know, especially is. with Selena Vega. I mean, it's fucking money. Yeah. No, I, and I think uh, having Selena there helps him a lot. I love the pairing of the two. And because obviously his English isn't exactly the greatest, like she's awesome on the mic. You know, every single backstage segment or in-ring in promo is literally just, it's just amazing. It sucks you in. You know, and that's one of my favorite things. And plus, you have a talker like that, and then you have the worker at the work rate of a guy like Andrade, you know? So when, when, so when call we're back in, we got another caller. Wow. That's such a weird noise. That must be something new, Frank. To be blunt podcast. What's your name? Where are you from? This is uh, Ange Passanisi. I heard uh, we've got a podcast going on here with my man, Peasy. No. Oh, wow. <laughs> wow, man. Wow. Angelo <laughs> Passanisi in the house. <laughs> Woo! 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 Oh my Woo! God, man! What are you listening live? How'd you know to call? That's crazy. Uh, I got, I got one for you. Ready? I'm here with my man Johnny D down in Long Island. And, Come on, uh, Johnny goes. No, I swear. Johnny goes. Hey, I think PZ's podcast is on. I go, dude, put that thing on. Let's call in. And here we are. That's oh, awesome! Wow. wow. You got, so you got John Demelis on the line too. I got Johnny D. He's looking at me from the house. He goes, oh, should I come out? Should I not come out? Johnny, come out here. Why wouldn't he come out? <laughs> he's hanging. What a jabroni. He's probably scared. Yeah. <laughs> no, he's hanging with the wives. Of course. Says, Johnny, come here, dude. Come say hello to Peasy. Yeah, here we go, Peasy. Here you go. Yes, sir. Oh, oh no. 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 <laughs> New York all the way. Oh, all the way from Long Island. That's crazy, man. That's insane. The whole effing podcast. Oh, the whole effing podcast is on the line. I got to make sure I put that in our subtitle so when it comes up on iTunes, you see (laughs) To Be Blunt Podcast, the whole effing podcast. Wow. Or should it be the big effing podcast? So how's this? How's the podcast been treating you, dude? How many episodes are you in now? We are on episode seven right now. We are live and we are discussing Raw right now and the uh, big opening match with Andrade and Rey Mysterio. Any thoughts? Rey Mysterio, the washed-up steroid user from Mexico. No. He's not a steroid user. Oh, come on, dude. come on, man. <laughs> no, that's not. Man. That's messed up. This guy. Low blow, bro. Low blow. It's, it's okay. He's got the six one nine. Fine. It's okay. 
come on, dude. There's, but, there's plenty of other guys that, it, that have more talent than he does these days. And what about Andrade? What has been? Uh, Andrade, that's good. Yeah, that's, we're, we're okay with Andrade. That's fine. Okay. okay. What? The guy's great. You got no opinions over here. God damn it. This guy's calling in. He's talking about Andrade's okay. Well, how, how, how would you like me to react to it? Andrade is a star. You know? Okay. No question well, about think, it. Well, like star as in next intercontinental, next. What are we talking here? He's going to be a world champion. He's definitely going to be a world champion, especially with pairing with Selena Vega. I feel like they're going to go places. Okay, fair enough. All right, what do you got? What's match number two? We haven't gotten that far, bro. We're just, uh, yeah, we, you yeah, called. Yeah, 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 <laughs> you guys so called you right in. Well, secondly, I mean, if you really need to know, I guess we'll get into it now. We are going to discuss the 24 championship. 24-7 championship, yeah, 24/7 damn it. 24-7 championship. Switched two times today uh, on Monday in an OBGYN. OBGYN, can you believe it? <laughs> of all places. Yeah, that's great. We'll put a little, uh, put a little PG, PG-13 into it. That's what they need. Well, I agree with you. It's been getting, the product needed a little, re, you know, what's the word I'm looking for? Frank, finally out. Rebranding, reboot. Maybe a little yeah. reverse. Yes, maybe a little rebirth. I like yeah. it. But now our truth is an eleven-time, twenty-four-seven champion. That's great, and it's great. The dude loves no it. it. Yeah, he's Hall of Famer, first yeah. ballot. There's no doubt about it. Absolutely. How old is he? He's, he's got to be in his mid forties, right? Yeah. Well, I mean, I'll, yeah. No, who our truth? Of course. Yeah. And he's still winning championships, like every other week. <laughs> and who else can say that? <laughs> who else can say he's got 11 titles in like three months, bro? Huh? Nobody. Our truth's a future legend. That guy might as well be in the next class for WrestleMania next year. <laughs> oh, oh shit. Frank, I relit the blood, bro. So what's going up in Lo- what's happening in Long Island tonight, fellas? Yeah. What the hell's going on in Long Island? Changing a lot of diapers. I mean, besides that, we're studying Japanese wrestling, you know, all day and night. You know how it is. G1, you know, we're just trying to keep up with the matches, keep oh, up with the mark. Kyle LaPointe. Not to mention right. the Yankees keep rolling. Update. My update. Yep, the New York the Yankees. Yankees keep rolling. They destroyed the Red Sox yep. over the weekend, four games. Sweet. Easy work, easy When they can't steal our signs, they can't beat us. No, yep, that's true. And they're not using uh, human growth hormones like Big Poppy David Ortiz. <coughs> oh, shit. Right, yeah. Fuck you. Damn, bro. That Wonka bar got me lit. Ooh. <coughs> <coughs> All right. Listen, man, we appreciate y'all calling in. We're going to keep it moving here on the podcast. You know, when everyone else get a chance to call in, God damn it. You know? Unless you want to try to cut a promo, or you want to freestyle versus Frank, or cut a promo versus me. Uh, maybe when we join the Patreon, if you ever get it started, we'll, uh, we'll put out some freestyles for you. All, All right. right. We're All looking right. forward to it. Long Island Zone, Johnny D. That's right. DJ Pooh. That's right. That's right. Franchise. That's right. Franchise. Franchise. All right, man. Thanks for calling in. All right. Be good, fellas. Peace. Wow. Callers all the way from Long Island, Frank. <laughs> Those guys were like Long Island's own street profits.
That's it. Speaking of street profits, way to lean in right there. That was great. The street profits, Mo, have been some of the best parts of Raw the past couple weeks. Those these guys are superstars, dude. Right, right, Super, superstars. Even if you've never watched NXT or seen them work, you're just like, dude, these guys are legit. They're, every week they're coming in and they're cutting these backstage. Oh my, oh my God, Frank! Damn. We're gonna need some kind of phone call to handle this. This is getting out of control. Wow! Oh, I need to do street what? profits are legends, though tag team. They're gonna yeah. they're gonna rule the tag. I agree. Team I agree. Two people one podcast. What's your name? Where you call from? Peasy, peasy. It's Kyle Lapointe. Kyle Lapointe. Oh my god! <laughs> this is getting out of control, Frank. The phones are ringing off the hook. Today. I know you guys. I know you guys are in the middle of going over Ron SmackDown, but my name was just mentioned and. You allowed that hack to mention New Japan in his updates, and you paid for it, PZ. <laughs> Listen, it wasn't breaking news. It was just about their canvas. Come on, you can't. Don You're talking about Don Kincaid. It doesn't matter. Tell, tell Kincaid to stay in Bristol. Oh. Stay in your lane, Kincaid. That's right. Tell Kyle him right now, Kyle. That's right. Tell him. <laughs> I'm sure Don's All listening. Right. Let so him know. Make, he better be listening. But I'm going to make this quick. Unlike Kincaid does, I'm not going to eat up all your minutes. Because this weekend are the final three nights of the G1. Wow. That's right. This that's right. a crazy tournament. All right? So I'm not going to bother you with everyone's listing. I'm just going to give you the names that matter this weekend. So in the A block, we've got... Oh, Cotton, the IWGP Heavyweight Champion. That's He's right. Dropping 13 points. For That's a lot of points. Cody Ibushi with 12. Oh, right Ryan behind takes off. Of course. Now, with these, two, with these two, it's interesting because they're facing off Saturday night for the final night of the A block. So, if Okada wins, he obviously wins the block. But Ibushi, if Ibushi beats Okada, he ties Okada with 14 points. But because he got the win, he would take the tiebreaker. So the match between Okada and Ibushi is the only match that matters Saturday for the A block. Winner take all. Wow. Now on the B block, it's a lot more sticky. Okay? John Moxley came in like a house of fire destroying the B block. That's but true. now, going into the last night... We have a four-way tie for number one. Wow. Wow. Four-way tie. Tell who it is. We got John Moxley, Jay White, Hiroki Goto, and Tatsuya Naito all sitting at 10 points. Wow. Wow. Now, if Moxley wants to win, if Moxley wants to win, he has to beat Juice Robinson, and Naito has to beat Jay White, and... Shingo Takagi has to beat Hiroki Goto. That's the only way Moxley's taking this block. So, if any of the other guys win, the block is there. Yeah, taking it. Kyle, who, what's your prediction on this G one? Who's taking it? Who's going home? Okay, I think I think Ibushi's going to upset Okada Saturday and take the A block, and I think I think White's going to beat Naito. And take the B block. I think the main event of the G1 is going to be Kota Ibushi versus Jay White. With Ibushi taking it and going on to headline Wrestle Kingdom. Keeping it in house, getting that NGPW guys. That would be the smart guys. booking. Yeah, I mean, there's no reason to give it to Moxley. 
No. I, I think it might be a Bush's year. It might be. It might be. Has Jay White ever won this tournament? Uh, this is Jay White's first year in the tournament. He's winning it. He needs it. That's it. Bold prediction by Frank, Frank Knox, Knox here. He's winning it. He needs it. Okay. All right, Frank Knox. Next Thursday, we'll have this conversation again, and we'll see who's going to Russell Kingdom. I like it. I like the way you think, Kyle. We'll talk to you next week. Thanks yes. for calling in. Thanks, man. You will. And remember, Don Kincaid, stay in your lane. Oh, I like it. I like it. See if Don Kincaid responds. All right, man. Take care. All right, man. So, you know, oh Kyle LaPointe. Kyle LaPointe calling in. There's big updates on the tournament. It's going yeah, on I this weekend. I gave a bold prediction. We'll see what happens next Thursday. Yeah, I like that guy, Kyle LaPointe. He's, he's good. He's to the point. He's a great reporter. You know, he's a great reporter. But my favorite part of Raw, Peasy, to get back into it, Let's is do the it. start of Raw. Oh, that's I know right. the first match was Andrade versus Rey Mysterio, but the start of Raw was Samoa Joe. Oh, man, that's true. That promo heat cut to kick things off, bro, was insane. Every time that guy gets on the mic and they get those close-ups, dude, it just, everything he says is just, it reeks of being absolutely 100% believable. You know? I mean, you feel it. He looks you right in the eye, right in the camera. Yeah, This week he was right on the, the announce table calling out Cody Graves and Michael Cole and Roman Reigns. Yeah, man. It was pretty awesome. I mean, he's definitely one of the best guys as far as heels go in that company, you know? And I know that you agree with me 100%. Uh, I think a lot of people thought Samoa Joe was the man who knocked over the equipment onto Roman Reigns on SmackDown. That's why he came out on Monday. He wanted to set the record straight. That's right. Uh, So, obviously, as you know, tell him what happened, Frank. Tell him what happened. Well, he came out, and he demanded an apology. He wanted Roman Reigns to apologize. And he wanted Michael Cole and Cody Graves. He called them all out on the announce table initially, as I said. And then he came back out to the ring demanding an apology. He was in there maybe like five minutes, kind of promo. Come out here right now. High That's right. And raw. And then he somehow he got called over to like the announce table, or I mean the uh, timekeeper. Yep, yep. And uh, he was like, oh, Roman Reigns is outside in the parking lot. And that's where things took a turn for the worst. For the worst. The, for the worst, because what happens? Samoa Joe is face-to-face with Roman Reigns. You know, tell him you got something to say. Huh? You got something to say. And all of a sudden, a car comes speeding down and s- smashes into the back of Roman Reigns' vehicle. And Roman Reigns jumps into the vehicle at the last second. Right? Yeah, it was like a really bad uh, knockoff of Hobbs and Shaw action. Because it was like the car hit like the trunk or like the back. Door. It was the, like the back quarter panel. Yeah, yeah. So it was. I mean, they were playing it safe. It still looked kind of corny, but I mean, not as corny as last week. Not as corny as last week. But now we have this new like attempted murderer on Raw and SmackDown, which is which is pretty extreme. Which is extreme. <laughs> it really is. Yeah. Uh, it really is. I mean, but last week when you watch back, like I don't know if you had noticed this, but there was a. Uh, if you play back the episode in like slow motion at the end, you can see like a dude with like a black hood standing off to the corner of one of the angles where it was from behind the light fixture. Uh, and it looked like it was Eric Rowan. Or it could have been like uh, 
Lars Sullivan. I mean, who? I mean, I know he's hurt, but it looked like it could have been a few different guys. I mean, I thought it was Daniel Bryan when after I seen this on Monday, I was like, it's got to be somewhat related to him because he keeps saying he's going to have this announcement, and he seems so irate when they lost the tag titles. It seemed like he was. The promo he caught after that pay per view looked like he was going to just do whatever he needed to do. He was like the new psycho of WWE. And I don't know. I, I, I mean, what what do you think's going on with this whole uh, thing with, uh, oh, God, Eric Rowan now? So, obviously, they on SmackDown, they ended up announcing Eric Rowan as the... Yeah, they announced you know, the the attacker, right? Per se, per se, yeah, which we'll get into. Se. We'll get into in the future. I just didn't want to leave that yeah, out. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, we're, yeah. why did you think that they had Samoa Joe as uh, soon as like the car hit? And Samoa Joe's the guy telling them to send over a medic or call the police or call an ambulance or whatever. Like Samoa Joe, the guy who was just beefing with him, like sees this dude almost hit by a car, and all of a sudden it was like the weirdest thing where he was just like all of a sudden went to like, what can I do to help this guy? Yeah, that's I told you that was weird to me because it was like you guys just had a beef and then all of a sudden you want to come in and play the hero. But then like I've had a couple of days to think about this and though I mean Daniel Bryan and Rowan don't have SummerSlam opponents, neither do Reigns and Samoa Joe. True. And it's like I could see them kind of just working this to making a tag match where we're gonna maybe hear it in the next couple of days just to fill the card, and then they'll play off the storyline after whatever it is. But I think it's a real corny approach just to fill a card yeah, and then continue the story after the event. Yeah, which makes no sense because the story is nowhere near being finished, in my opinion. No, and they there's no one-on-one match announced with Roman Reigns. Right. And until that happens, it'll never be over. Yeah. Well... You know, I guess we'll find out what happens on our you know road I mean, to SummerSlam. Do you think between now and then we're going to hear an announcement? Maybe they're going to team up and it's face. It's got to be somebody, but I don't know. I don't know. I think the tag match makes no sense teaming them two together. Unless Samoa Joe is somehow intertwined with this and, and he is involved. Because then I could see from like a worker standpoint, the, the swerve that would take place, obviously, at the end of the match with Samoa Joe. You know, but what I can't put together is how that ties in with Daniel Bryan and Eric Rowan. But how do you leave three of your best and biggest workers off of SummerSlam? That's the, well, that's that's the other thing. That's the other thing. I mean, obviously, that's that's you know, a, like uh, a red flag. You know how, what I mean? You know, like, it's a red flag. But well, I'm interested to see how this plays out, and I think by SummerSlam we're going to have a better understanding, maybe even a match. But, I mean... Brian, Joe, and Reigns are arguably three of the top guys in the company. This is very true. This is very true, man. Speaking of another top guy in the yeah, company. Who had a bad week. <laughs> the top guy in the company. Yeah, Seth Rollins. Seth Rollins, who, you know, last week I thought, I we argued about the whole thing with the ambulance shit and how I thought it was fucking lame how nobody was there with Seth Rollins and how the whole thing made no sense. Well, this week was just as bad. This guy comes out to the ring limping and holding his ribs or whatever, you know, because obviously Brock Lesnar had to come out and beat the shit out of him, you know, uh, last week, which was devastating. He came out like Cedric Alexander when he was like the, what was the guy's name? Oh, I wish the Scott was here for yeah, that. He the janitor the guy. Janitor, yeah, that's how yeah. he came out. 
So Brock Lesnar beats down Seth Seth again. Again, dude. Dude, terribly. Like he just he just F fives everywhere, German suplexes, everything he's got. And this time Paul Hammond just sits ringside. Yeah. Right. He doesn't do any kind of begging, any kind of pleading with him. He just sat there quiet. Which was kind of like Brock had him in check. You know, like they must obviously have some kind of words before that. Um I just feel like the whole thing was so predictable. I guess like as soon as Seth came out limp in a way, you knew he was going to get his ass kicked again. You know, you knew it was going to happen. They should have at least done something where like he was coming out backstage to cut a promo. And maybe some guys were in gorilla like, Hey, you know, don't, don't fucking go out there, chill out, you know, go rest, heal. And then he's like, I got to go out there. These people paid to see me. And then he walks right out, cuts the big promo. If they showed that on the screen, people would have been way behind that on top of that way more than how they played it off. Yeah, but this guy walks around like he's the Beast Slayer. He hasn't ever slayed the Beast. What did he do in WrestleMania? He low-blowed him before the match started and then beat him? I mean, that's something Brock would do. But that's what Not Seth that he Rollins needs to. did. Yeah. Seth Rollins did that to Brock Lesnar. I know, I know. He's like the worst baby and face. And this guy gets his ass beat and can barely even stand and grabs the mic and says, I will win this Sunday no matter what. I know, and the crowd's to cutting the what gimmicks on him while he's trying to cut a promo. I mean, there's, he's going to have to do the same thing, hit a couple low blows or use a steel chair before the match starts and then beat him. Yeah, what's going to happen, though, if like he makes this promise that he's going to beat Brock and then he doesn't come through? Career suicide. That's what that's, the fuck I'm saying. This, we may witness the burial of Seth Rollins... Kobe Lopez, friends with the Scott, on you know, untapped because he gives them beers. Yeah. We may witness the burial of him if he does not beat Brock Lesnar. True. Very true. And he has to beat him clean this time. Don't you agree? By the way, just so you know, the guy who played Cedric Alexander was Gary the Goat Garba, exclusive text from the Scott that just filled us in. (laughs) See, this, this is why like, the Scott... Only Scott would know. He's best for business. He's best for business. I know. I know. Let's keep it moving. I mean, another part about Raw that I really want to get through real quick is uh, Becky and Natalia. I mean, I'm looking forward to this match. Dude, that match could possibly made event the show. Event, yeah. You know, they've done this feud so well, in my opinion. We're both are teetering on that heel face, like, line, a fine line. You know, each week, one does something more heelish than the other, and... Uh, it just, like, uh, I don't know, dude. Like, they're building it up so well. Natalia, the woman who's, like, been through it all, right? Been through it all. She's been back there. From the, you know, the, it was the Divas division when they had the fucking butterfly belt, you know? And now she doesn't get the respect she deserves, which is something Slade Dangerfield knows about, you know? And now she's, like, not taking no bullshit. She's here to claim what's hers. And Becky's playing that cocky blah, blah, blah. I'm the man, you know? And you fucking, you signed it with Rhonda, and that's the whole story. Yeah, but like, it's great. Yeah, I, I love it. While I, I was it. main event in WrestleMania, you were practicing your duck face. You that's know? right. Ah, <laughs> yo. Nice. Yes, yeah, that know, was it. It's just, it's, they've both been money. Absolutely. And I'm looking forward to this match probably more than any other match on the card. Yeah, hell yeah. Hell yeah, I, th- I agree. I agree. SummerSlam's going to be huge. It's going to be slam-packed. Uh we're going to go over SmackDown in a minute and then talk to Joseph Von Schmidt. But first, we're going to talk to Tim McMahon. We're going to get ourselves into a little trolling loud. All right, let's do it. Let's call him up. Now 
damn it, I'm so pissed off! This is Cold Out with Tim McMahon. Tim McMahon is on the line, Frank, again, and you know he's going to be pissed off this week. Let's hear what he's got to say. Well, 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 once again, we meet here on the greatest podcast on television, on the internet, on the TV, everywhere, damn it. This is the best thing going today. This is Tim McMahon here on the line. Do I have Frank Knox and TV on? That's right. That's right. We're here. What are you pissed off about today, boy, Tim? Oh, oh, there's a lot of shit pissing me off today, damn it, all right? I'm fucking a stupid gorilla monsoon. I got rain coming down here sideways, and I can't even think straight. There's trees in the road. I can't even drive my vehicle in this town, damn it. Oh, God. Got a gorilla monsoon so going on. matters worse. That's right, damn it. And, and you know what? What I was hoping is that I was going to be disconnected from social media during this lightning storm, but no such luck. Unfortunately, I'm still tuned in to the Twitter, and there's a lot of keyboard warriors out there that have a lot to say when their opinion doesn't really matter. That's like, right. Oh, <laughs> of course, they're still spewing at the mouth. Pisses me off. <laughs> Pisses me off too, Tim. That's right, PC, but let's thank the heavens above because Tim McMahon is here to call these jabronis out on the carpet and save the planet from this absolute, utter nonsense. But God, Frank, he's like a so superhero. You, that's right, superhero McMahon, not that other stupid, senile <laughs> idiot, Vincent Kennedy McMahon. This is Tim McMahon. And by the way, if I may, I'm a little pissed off about last week because I had my big debut on the podcast, okay? It was and then great, you got too. the stupid clown. What's his face over there? Just Scott? What's his name? The Scott. Oh, the Scott. The Scott. Yeah, well, he pulled the Scott last week when he came back from commercial break and blocked my last name, damn it. Oh, oh no, that's, that's right. <laughs> that's right. You guys remember that, right? I'll tell you what, next time I'm in studio with that jabroni, I'm putting him in a rear naked choke and snuffing him out for a little while, and I'm taking over Scott. <laughs> oh, that's, that's, a, that's right. a threat to the Scott. You're damn right it is. He better be scared. I'm sure his hair's standing on end right now because Tim McMahon's pissed off. Oh, I bet it. I bet he is. That's right, stupid Scott. Anyway... I got to get into the social media, guys, because this is really what's grinding my gears this week. Some clown rolls up on my Twitter feed called, formerly known as Toast, in parentheses. Well, based on his avatar or his, his stupid look to his teeth, it ain't Jonathan Coachman, I'll tell you. So then, of course, I start reading what this clown has to say, and he's got some comments on the latest edition of Monday Night Raw, and he says, this is basically raw. Excuse me, talking about SmackDown, but he's referring to raw. This is basically raw. SmackDown used to be different and was my favorite show. Now it's just raw recaps and the same storylines from last night. Man, I miss the brand split so bad. Well, you know what I don't miss is reading your stupid-ass comments here, formerly <laughs> known as Coach. What okay? a jabroni. And then he goes on to say, He's calling out Fox TV, too. The guy has the gall to call out Fox TV as if they're listening, guys. Absolutely not. Not to this stupid mark. And he goes, hopefully, 
at Fox TV. Hopefully, Fox TV can make something about it. Make something about that, dude. How about do something about that? This guy can't even speak English, so then I go back to his profile, and he's from Portugal. So not only have we got a Mark Cuban at the mouth, but he doesn't even comprehend the English language. I mean, man, nothing gets me more pissed off. If you're going to make a comment, make sure you do it in English, pal, and complete your sentence. Oh, God. Wow, Tim McMahon is a stickler for proper grammar, I guess. That's right. I am, damn it. That's right. I'm a stickler for proper grammar. A stickler. <laughs> That's right. Now, I got one more guy here, okay, that, that rolled across my feed. His name's Johnny, and again, I don't like to give shout-outs to these morons. And just truly him. So this guy's got a comment, too, on SmackDown Live, okay? He says, Another big LOL. This show was a joke. No, Johnny. No, no, no. The only joke here is you, you moron. Good God. And then he goes on to talk about Buddy Murphy. There goes another talent, Buddy Murphy, destroyed before given a chance. Overall show rating, 0.5 out of 5. Good God. So he's jumping the gun on Buddy Murphy. You know what? Buddy Murphy's going places, okay, guys? I happen to love Buddy Murphy. Me too! And apparently based on the... That's right. And you know, Actually, I don't like Buddy Murphy. Screw him. He's going and, and taking Alexa Bliss. That's right. I'm turning heel on him right now here wow. on the podcast. That didn't take long. You all right, Tim? That didn't take long, right? I don't like anybody. I've decided. All these guys are idiots. Absolute morons, Okay. Absolute moron. So then I come across another guy. His name's Joe, okay, at Walk With Joe. And he goes on to say, my eight-year-old has been walking around the house saying, damn, and telling me to suck it. (laughs) That's good parenting. What is he complaining about? This is terrible. The only thing that's terrible here is his parenting skills. Because listen, pal, if you got your eight-year-old son walking around the kitchen telling you to suck it, you got bigger problems than professional wrestling, all right? <laughs> I don't know if you asked me, Tim. I feel like that's good training right there. <laughs> I don't know, PZ. I don't know. The poor kid, he's living in a household like that with some stupid Mark who's on the Internet and can't keep his mouth shut. <laughs> That's and then a... I got one more guy oh, here, okay? This, that's got right. more. One more guy, all right? I got to get this one off my chest, too. Because this guy looks like a stupid dweeb. No, oh, no. he certainly talks like one, all right? Yep. So this guy's got something to say about the WWE 24-7 championship. And he goes on to say, well, the 24-7 championship is shit again. Fuck you, WWE. Stop giving our truth the fucking title. This is why the ratings suck. No, Kevin. No, no, no. Our truth is doing just fine. It's morons like you spreading nonsense like this and people reading it as to why the ratings are down. Okay, pal? Oh, wow. to you, Kevin, because I ain't going to read any of this shit anymore. I'll tell you that right now. (laughs) Well, hopefully you can stay off social media until next week. Good God. I'm going to blow a gasket here, guys. I'll tell you, my blood pressure's through the roof. I'm going to need to put this phone down, or there's going to be more big-time problems. Oh, I don't want any problems, Tim. Just call back next week and let us know what pisses you off next. Yeah, this is Ty Shine, and you're listening to How to Talk. This is Ty Shine, and you're listening to How to Be Blunt with PZ. <laughs>
This is Ty Shine, and you're listening to a new episode of How to Be Blunt with Peasy. <laughs> this is Ty Shine, and you're listening to To Be Blunt with Peasy. How in the fuck would you listen to anything else? You goddamn right. How in the fuck are you listening to anything else? It is the To Be Blunt podcast. Peasy Frank Knox here in studio, live. If you want to call in and talk about uh, anything we're discussing, 860-384-7110. I think Ty Shine was on to something, Peasy. I think we should uh, start a tutorial YouTube series, How to Roll a Blunt. Or how to with, be blunt. With Peasy, you know? You just forgot a word. How, how to, to be roll blunt. A blunt. How to roll a blunt with Peasy. Now we're talking. That'd be a hit show. You know? Over show. here, we just grind up and stuff the King Palms. It's real easy. One, two, three. I know. Shout out to King Palm. Always hooking it up every week, bro. You know? Uh, let's talk about SmackDown because we got so much to discuss still. You know? Uh, uh, the opening promo for SmackDown really did nothing for me to build up that Charlotte and Trish uh, match for this Sunday, which is disappointing because it could have been so much more, but it really, like it was... It did nothing. Like, it did nothing, bro. It was, the, like, monotone. The only thing it did for me was, like, look at this woman talking shit about a kid who's, like, what? how old Charlotte Flair? Maybe in her 20s. Scott will probably tell us in a few minutes. But, yeah, I'll probably be texting you. And then you look at Tristratus come out. She's in her 40s. She's had kids. And, I mean, just look at the comparison of those two. I mean, Charlotte Flair looks ragged up with all that plastic surgery. Tristratus was the highlight of the opening for Raw for me. I mean, this woman looks remarkable. Oh, like I what, mean, forty-four years old, forty years old. And I mean, absolutely, has the audacity yeah. yeah. To talk about her riding in a minivan, having kids, bitch. <laughs> like, you got way too much plastic surgery, yeah, bitch, bitch. Frank laying the smackdown over here on Two People One Podcast. Uh, you know what else was real funny though, bro? Tell me, you seen Dolph Ziggler? Did you see Dolph Ziggler's entrance on SmackDown? Did I see Dolph Ziggler? Oh, Frank my Knox God, bro. predicted Dolph Ziggler's entrance pretty much weeks ago. Oh. When we found out that he would now he's going to be fighting Goldberg. Boy, he just mocked Goldberg's whole entrance right down to the stupid little kicks on the ramp. It was amazing. I was dying, bro. Here we I go. was dying. We got the Scott Hold Charlotte Flair. Charlotte Flair is our age. All right, Scott. Well, I guess I'm 31, so Charlotte Flair is 31. I wish I was 31. So, anyways, so he did a, a nice attack on Rey Mysterio, beat the shit out of him on the outside, and Dolph, you know, he looked like a legitimate threat to Goldberg. No way. What? This is Goldberg's redemption match. This Dude. whole thing with Dolph Ziggler is going to be going on for Survivor Series, even WrestleMania, because the main... Beef is going to be Shawn Michaels. No, no, no. There's no way that this is Dolph Ziggler's redemption match, and you think it's going to be a fucking spear Goldberg's, and a jackhammer. It's going to be Goldberg's redemption match. That's what I match. meant. That's what I meant. Dolph Ziggler's redemption My bad, match. all right? Listen, we're smoking on them Wonka bars, all right? And what I meant to say, you know, was that it's going to be Dolph Ziggler's moment. There's no way that they're going out there and they're doing a spear and a jackhammer and it's over. It ain't going to be that kind of they're match. They're going to put on an 11-minute and 14-second match. Now we're talking. All from, right. That uh, I can accept. From bell to bell. But Goldberg is definitely going to hit the spear and the jackhammer and pick up the win. I guess. There's no way Dolph Ziggler is winning this match. Well, Why does Goldberg gonna... come back after being humiliated by well, himself and The Undertaker? And he's going to come back and do the job for Dolph uh, Ziggler? you got to put Dolph over. Maybe you stop smoking Wonka bars. Listen. I think you're full of shit. All right. There's no way. All right. Dolph Ziggler cannot. 
He's been a man who his whole career has always been this close to the, you know, the gold, to the brass ring. His entire career right there. And now you're going to put him out there when he's having a great run and you're going to have Goldberg come in and squash him? That's right. I mean, Zach Morris always came this close to Kelly Lipinski and he got squashed every time too by A.C. <laughs> Slater, who's the combination of both. Oh, Dolph Ziggler is like Zach Morris... Blonde hair, AC Ziggler with the black curly curls, you know, and that's Dolph Ziggler, and he's going to get smashed by Goldberg. Wow. All right. And I'm going to tell you that right now. Okay. All right. Well, you know what? You really think Dolph Ziggler is going to be I think Dolph Ziggler is going over. I don't care what you say, bro. And that's it. That's it. Goldberg's going to come in and do the job after he did the job Yeah, but Dolph Dolph is a man that can make anybody look like a million bucks, all right? It doesn't matter. He's going to have that 11-minute and 14-second match with Goldberg, and he's going to make Goldberg look like a fucking star. I'm not disagreeing with that. I'm just disagreeing with the outcome of the match. Well, I guess we'll find out. We will. I guess we'll find out. You know? Shit. And then, of course, they revealed who attacked Roman Reigns. But they revealed it at the very last 10 seconds of SmackDown. You know? And they leave stupid fucking looking Daniel Bryan in the ring looking confused as shit. He's not confused. He was the mastermind. Well, was he? Of course. I mean, why would Eric... I mean, you think Daniel Bryan had this announcement for weeks he never wanted to talk about, and all of a sudden Eric Rowan's going to be go be the bigger star than Daniel Bryan? You no. think this announcement he was going to make was that I'm going to try to murder Roman Reigns? I mean, I don't, I'm tired of watching Raw and SmackDown to play a fucking game of Clue. Well, <laughs> this isn't Mr. Plum killed well, that's Mrs. That's what Mustard. it is. I don't know, man. You I know? think like, I think the fans really like that shit. You know, personally, I don't because it's been cheesy. Well, if you you're know. gonna do it, fucking do it right. Well, I don't think that you know. I, there's been a lot of speculation. We talked about the possibility of a tag match. You know, for the Rowan and Daniel Bryan versus Samoa Joe and Roman Reigns. But to me, that just feels fucking rushed. You know. I feel like they have to. This whole story needs more time to play out. But every paper, I mean, when SummerSlam like hit, I heard it was confirmed, rumored to have fifteen matches. I mean, what, what do we have right right now? Like eight, seven, fifteen matches. You you have three tag teams that have gold, and not one of them have a match in SummerSlam. All what? three tag champions do not have a match in SummerSlam. The Luke Gallus and Carl Anderson don't have a match. Biggie and Xavier Woods don't have a match. And the newly crowned tag champions, which we should not forget, Alexa Bliss. That's and, right. And Nikki. And Nikki Cross don't have a, a, a match either. I mean, what's wow, going you're on? Right. It's called you have three titles. I didn't even realize that, not bro. on the line on supposedly your second, maybe your third biggest pay-per-view of the year. Why, would, I, they, why would they do that? No idea. I don't know, man. I mean... They got some great tag teams that they could be showcasing. And I thought with Alexa Bliss and Nikki Cross winning the tag titles, I thought for sure they'd be wrestling Sunday. There is, there's not a match confirmed yet. But then again, last pay-per-view, Shinsuke defended a championship on the pre-show like last second. So, I mean, we have three titles not on the line this Sunday. That's crazy. Well. I guess we're going to find out more as we start to talk about SmackDown. Uh, not SmackDown, SummerSlam. SummerSlam Sorry. Man. SummerSlam. <laughs> SmackDown. <laughs> Dude, what a day, huh? What a day. You know what's going to lay the SmackDown is my top five. 
Yeah. This week. Yeah, you think so? Yeah, I think well, so. Well, let's find out. The Frank Knox Top 5. 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 Frank Knox, Knox, let's hear the top five for this week, man. All right, man. There's going to be a couple new things shaken up this week on the top five. All right. But at number five, I am putting the NXT champion, Adam Cole. Wow. At number five. Okay. At number four, I know I talked down on it, but man, I'm going to put the Roman Reigns attempted murderer at number four. We don't know who it is. We can't confirm no, who it no. is. But he's number four, whether it's Rowan or Brian or both. Number three, I'm going with Okada. Okay, now we're talking. All right. That's right, the Rainmaker. At number two, I am going Kofi Kingston. And as usual, number one, until you beat him, he ain't coming off. Oh, Brock I know it. Lesnar. Wow. Big time, man. You got some great names this week. Yeah, I have a mystery. We don't know, you know, who the mur- attempted murderer is, but he's on my top five. He shook some things up. <laughs> I like it. And uh, number five, Adam Cole, baby. Yeah, man. That was a new addition for this week. I mean, that dude, the guy needs to go to the main roster already, right? If he goes, though, he's got to bring, you know, the whole group with them, Undisputed. They're all draped in gold. And speaking of Undisputed and Adam Cole, we have NXT TakeOver this weekend in Toronto. Oh, boy. Yes, and we do. Every championship is on the line. Every single NXT championship on the line. It's going to be a big weekend for TakeOver. And we got these great matches that I guess we got to talk about quick. We at least give our predictions on, right, Frank? I mean, yeah, of course. You know, I we mean, got to like, let the crowd know what the betting odds are as far as where the uh, 2B Blunt podcast is concerned. Fantasy wrestling or whatever you want to call That's it. That's right. We got the women's Maybe we should start match. our own, bro. Shayna Baszler versus uh, Mia Yim. Ooh, man. Who's that going to be? I think. It's, I, uh, Shayna Baszler's got it. Yeah, she's got to hold it. She's not a, just, you know, a wrecking ball. She's been like a wrecking ball in the whole division. She's just going through every single woman's wrestler. But at what? All right, how about put it this way? If Ronda Rousey somehow appears this Sunday, would Shayna Baszler maybe drop it? And, and get then, the call-up? And get the call-up. I mean, her and Rousey would be kind of a dream match. Bro, there's been rumor that, you know, there might be some guys getting called up to the main roster after SummerSlam. So, I mean, I'm going to go Baszler. You know, you want Baszler, too. Yeah, of course. And then we got our boys, the champions, the Street Profits. The Street Profits. Versus uh, some uh, O'Reilly and Fish. Right. So now the real question is, right, of the two, who's getting the call up? Because I feel like that's going to determine who's taking that match. The Street Profits have been a staple of Raw for, what, four weeks? Right. Well, you said Adam Cole was going to be coming up. And if but Adam I Cole mean, comes up. I don't think he's going to come. I don't know, man. It's really. He does. <laughs> he does need everybody else to come up with him. Absolutely. Things up. Yeah. But, uh, street Profits been killing it. Maybe they're going to take. I mean, the Street Profits have been a staple in, in Raw. I, I think. So what's it going to be? I'm taking the Street Profits. And All I'm right. taking them coming over with the NXT tag titles. I'm going to go ahead. I'm losing them on. 
main uh, television. No, nah, I think we're going to get the uh, Undisputed taking the belts. All right. Back. Because I don't think Adam Cole is done with NXT, unlike you. Well, let's go into the next big match, Frank, while you're running them off. The NXT North American Championship. Who we got? We got a Velveteen Dream versus Roderick Strong and versus Pete Dunne, which is going to be maybe the match of the night. Maybe? Definitely. That is without Definitely. a doubt. Definitely. I'm talking match of the freaking night, bro. These three guys are workhorses. They're going to put on a clinic. Yeah, this could probably not only take match of the night, but match of 2019. Here we are eight months in. And I'm so. going to go ahead and, and say it. I want to see Roderick Strong take it. Mark me down, Frank. Roderick Strong. That's my pick. You're going to mark me down with Pete Dunn. Okay. Pete Dunn. I like it. I, I'm taking Pete Dunn. I like it. And then, of course, we have the big NXT championship. Two out of three falls. Uh, three stages of hell type match with a regular match, a street fight, and a match that's yet to be announced. I think maybe it was a ladder match. Did they announce it this week? Uh, I'm not sure. I'm not sure. But either way, Adam Cole, Johnny Gargano, they fought before. Here we are, the rematch. Frank, what do you think? Johnny Wrestling, all in. All right. That's fine. But I'll tell you right now, I'm going Adam Cole, and I'm going to tell you right now, by the end of TakeOver Toronto, the entire undisputed area is going to be draped in gold. That has been a possibility, and it could work out that way. But, hey, if I'm wrong, it won't be the first time. It won't be the last. Well, let's go right into SummerSlam, the big match, uh, the big show of the weekend. And as I alluded to before, three tag championships not on the line. That's right. Neither. And three of the biggest names in the company, Joe, Reigns, and Brian, not on the card. That's right. But let's talk about who is on the card. Well, let's start off with uh, the Demon versus the Fiend. So is it confirmed we're getting the Demon? I mean, there's no way it's even competitive as Finn Baylor. Really? Well, that's not much to say about the man. I mean, the man of Finn Balor. Think? What do you think? I mean, I hope it's the demon, but they haven't announced anything yet, so I'm not really sure. I think it's going to be the demon. And I'm taking the fiend. I know I might have may have said I was taking the demon in another show, but the manimal claws is new move. That's true. Kurt That's Angle true. felt it this week. Yeah, true, true. We got that Trish Stratus and Charlotte Flair. Eh, I know. I, I, I know that, that promo so killed it for me. The promo killed it, but I feel like Charlotte's going to win. She has to win, but I want Trish because Trish is just Trish Stratus, man. I mean, Charlotte's the queen, though. I don't know. I feel like she's got to win. She's got to win. Which could be a secondary um, match of the weekend. Could be Sami Zayn and Aleister Black behind the uh, triple threat in NXT. True. True. Yeah. Alistair Black's winning, though. He's, he's yeah. on a path to higher. And yeah, game. he's definitely on a roll. And, and you could tell on SmackDown. I mean, he had a, a, him and Sami Zayn, you know, they went toe-to-toe, and it was it was great. You know, Alistair Black's just a monster in the ring. He's a monster. Monster. He's an absolute monster. And then we got, I don't know, the career in the line match, which I'm just like, eh. I don't know. I don't really care for that, that whole story. We talked about how it's too much McMahon and Stone Cold-ish. You know, yeah, I'm, I'm Kevin Owens is winning, and hopefully that's it for Shane McMahon for a little bit. Yeah, I mean, the, um, it's time to give Elias and like McIntyre the rub. Yes, you know, exactly. Thank you. Win. I want to see McIntyre in the main event. I want to see McIntyre versus Owens again. That was a great match they had in SmackDown last week. You know, and then we've already talked about Ziggler and um, Goldberg. We've we've already covered how we felt about that. 
For real. And uh, so, yeah, then we were starting moving to some championship matches here. We have the uh, SmackDown Women's Championship, which I'm looking forward to Ember Moon versus Bailey, 100%. Ember Moon versus Bailey uh, is going to be a great technical match, but I really think it can go either way. They both have come out looking really strong in uh, the buildup to this match. You know what I mean? Both looking incredibly strong. So, like, I'm just interested to see how this is going to play out. Because it literally can go either way, in my opinion. I feel Ember Moon needs needs this more than Bailey, and this is her time. I mean, she's different than all the other divas, and her move set is really great. And I just I think it's fair that she gets the strap. I hear you. All right. Well, you know what? So I'm going Ember Moon. I'm I'm gonna stick with Bailey. I think Bailey is gonna hold the title a little longer. I don't think that it's gonna be over that quick. Hasn't really been that long that Bailey's been holding that belt, you know? And I, the one match I'm personally not looking forward to is the next one I'm going to bring up. Oh, I know what you're going to say, Frank. Go ahead. AJ Styles and Ricochet. I knew it. I knew it because we've already seen it five times. Look, we've already seen it five times. Too many times. This is like six times in, you know, two months. Yeah, five times too fucking many. Yeah. You know? I'm going AJ Styles. All right. All right. I think I'm going to join you. AJ Styles for sure is going to put Ricochet in his place once and for all. You know, I think it's time that this this moves past them. You know, Ricochet needs to go back to the bottom and work his way up. He got his little, hey, I'm coming over to the main roster. I won the U.S. title. But, I mean, AJ Styles, he's been in the business, what, 20 years? Ricochet's maybe a quarter, maybe, you know, 33% yeah. of the time he's put in the ring. So the dude doesn't deserve the strap. Yeah, I'm going AJ over, but I'm saying he's going over dirty. Oh, with the OC. Yeah, of course. It's, they won't be clean because they'll want to keep Ricochet looking strong. The original, strong. the only, the right. only club, exactly. whatever, whatever it's called. So now we've got the next big Canadian match. we got Becky Lynch versus Natalia. Well, that's not just Canadian. That's Canada versus Ireland. That's right. It's going to be huge. International. International showcase. That's right. Ooh, I like that, Frank. The international showcase right here live at SummerSlam. Not at the first, but the second, because Zayn and Black would be international showcase. That's true, but they pulled that shit. That's why they did it on SmackDown. But uh, the Natalia and Becky Lynch match, which we talked about already. I already know who I'm picking. I'm taking the woman, the heart, of the hearts oh, in Toronto. Me too. Natty Nine. That's baby. right. That's right. Natty, both ways, without a question. Natty. And it's I, a submission match. That's why I'm telling in you. Toronto. That's why I'm telling you Trish ain't going over because you're going to see Charlotte still reign as queen, but then you're going to get Natalia and send them home happy. You know? That's going to be the big go home shit. I'm telling you. Natalia's going to get her moment, and it's going to be great at SummerSlam. And then we got Kofi Kingston and Randy Orton. Randy Orton, who held Kofi Kingston down in his early days when he was getting his first push. And now Retribution is in line for Randy Orton as he goes one-on-one against Kofi Kingston for the WWE Championship. Frank, who's taking that match home? The only, the original, Bomba Clarasta Man, Kofi Kingston. That's right. I'm with you. Mark me down for the Kofi Kingston. And then finally, the WWE Universal Championship match. Brock Lesnar versus Bernie Dude, Seth Rollins. I mean, this match, man, I don't even know. I can't even call it. I mean, on paper, Brock Lesnar 
no way sh- should lose this match. But like if Seth Rollins loses, it's almost like his career is over. Well, here's what I'm going to call, right? I'm making a bold prediction right here. Live. Right now. Breaking news. I got a bold prediction. I know, Frank, it's not in the notes. This is off the fly. All right? Here's what's going to happen. I told you for two weeks now, Seth Rollins has been getting his ass kicked and no one's been there for him, right? So here's what's going to happen. Seth Rollins is going to go. Seth Rollins is going to get his ass kicked by Brock Lesnar. You know, he might put up the hell of a fight, but at the end of the day, Brock Lesnar, three or fives later, it's over. And Seth Rollins is going to come out on Monday night and he is going to make the heel turn of the century because nobody was on his side when he was down on the ground. Not Becky, not Roman, not anyone, not the universe. It's going to be all about him. It's going to be heel Seth Rollins, and he's not giving a shit about anyone or any of you marks. All he's going to care about is destroying Brock Lesnar and taking his title and taking his spot back where he was when he first turned on the shield and that was on top. How's that for a prediction, Scott? PZ's burning it down today, literally. That's right. I, I, mean, I, don't, I mean, that's a bold prediction, P. I know. I know. I don't see that happening. Well, you know what? I see he somehow gets the win some bullshit way yet again. I guess we're going to find out this Sunday, and we'll talk about that more on Thursday, next week at the Bachelor Party Edition. And not only is that Bachelor Party Edition, we have a special enforcer, Moonshine McCready. That's in right. studio. Live and in studio. It's going to be insane. Hopefully, we'll try to maybe get it on YouTube live, you know? But for now, Frank, we talked a whole lot of wrestling, and I need to take a quick smoke break because it's been like, you know, an hour and a half now, Frank. We're just killing it. 90 minutes deep. We haven't even talked to Joseph Von Schmidt yet. It's coming up real soon. But right now, I have to take a quick smoke break. And I want to give you a shout out. Stuttering over here. Stuttering. Spit it out, PZ. All right. I want to give a shout out to Cashed Out. Cashed Out's new album drops next. No, not next. This, I'm sorry, Friday, tomorrow. Live. iTunes and all the platforms. Their new album Undercover. August 9th, out tomorrow. That's Undercover, right. Undercover, cashed out. Check it out. Check out their song that they gave us exclusively to use. And that's our favorite song to smoke to. And that's The Weed Man. In come the Tin Car. I'm the original of Weed Man. The big one. They the rock, I'm open, cashed out. Fight. Not everyone can walk in a store by an ounce, nothing more. Notice. 
Have you know me thing plenty? 300 acre in a humble county. Have me license, so me no free federally. Them legalize the herbs so you can burn it up front. We now sell you no veggie, we no give you no stone. Put the cushion on your brand. Oh, we are back on a two beat blunt podcast. Taking a smoke break got us a little smoked out over here. Yeah, you know? man, we're two blunts deep. The first blunt of Wonka bars got me fired up. The second one's put me to sleep. Oh man, man, two blunts deep. We are litty. We know we get a bachelor party episode coming next week. Yeah, man, it's the prelude to your wedding, your big send off. I mean, we got a weekend in Atlantic City <coughs> with the most exclusive click in the podcast industry today. Yeah. I mean, you may have heard some of them on our show, but we're not going to name drop who they are or where they're from. No, it's going to be huge. We're going down to Atlantic City. We're going to see a little John. We got a pool. We're going to go in. It's going to be great. I'm bringing a fishing pole. Frank Knox going to be fishing every, every morning with a, with a joint in his, in his mouth while PZ's smoking weed by the pool. Choking by the pool. Cooking up steak, egg, and cheeses. Oh, the salami, egg, and cheeses. Oh, now we talking. Hey, yo, you got a date for the wedding yet, bro? Nah, man, I ain't got no day. It's hard out there, man. It's like every chick I meet, I think she's cool. And then I'm like, I bring up weed and she's like, oh, my God, I am so against weed. I was born in 1943. Oh, my God. No, bro. Are you serious? Like, I just smoke weed. Like, why can't I hit my pen? I'm not over here smoking cigarettes in your face. Right. Because that would be gross. I'm just smoking weed. I mean, weed probably helped your grandma with her glaucoma. And you're over here. Bitching about me smoking weed. So it's hard out here, man. It's like to find a girl that loves his weed as much as I do is really fucking hard. Yeah, I know, bro. You're lucky I hear you. you found one. I know. I got lucky. I'm very, I'm very, that's why I'm, you know, getting married in October for sure. You know, but I got an idea, bro. I had this idea, you know, now we're talking about this. So what if we did like, uh, you know, what if there was like a website or a dating app where you can fucking meet other like people who smoke, who you want to date, you know? So it's not as awkward, yo. You know, you know, I don't, I know a lot of people don't care now, but like, you know, it's still kind of, you know, it makes you wonder. Yeah. You know? It's like fucked up. Cause they got like dating apps for farmers or Jewish people or Christians. But how about me? The stoner? That's right. Yeah. Stoners mingle, bro. How about that? Stoners I like it. It sounds kind of like Christian mingles, but stoners mingle.com. Yo, it's great. You know, you just have a little app where you can swipe right or swipe right, swipe left, whatever you got to do. You know, we all know when you're smoking weed, left is love. Yeah, contrary to the dating app Tinder, where right is like. So this dating app would definitely have to be left is love, my man, for the cipher of a blunt. I'm with you. I'm with you, bro. I like it. I like it. Swiping left. I like it. We're gonna get there. We should. I got. I got a little something for you about that. You know. Obviously, you know. Follow us on social media. At number two, be blunt podcast on all social media platforms. Uh, we will not be taking calls during the Joseph von Schmidt interview, so please don't try to call in because we're going to have a nice in depth conversation with this man. Yeah, you know? we're going to just be hanging out with Joseph von Schmidt. We've been drinking, we've been smoking, so yeah, we're turning point, the line off. David, we're turning the line off. I thank everyone that called, and uh, you know, if you guys want to follow us or even leave us a review. That's right. Google, I would have used. That's not so bad if they want to leave a review yeah. for the podcast. Yeah, Apple, Spotify, whatever. To, whatever, man. Just give us some love. That's right. Absolutely. So like coming I up said, next, left is love, man. Left is love. Next week, we're gonna love the two. We're gonna love the two B Bump Podcast Bachelor Party Edition. 
And they're going to love the Joseph Von Schmidt tell-all revealing interview. And then we have something else in the pipeline, don't you forget. That's right. We have, coming up soon, Bill Alfonso, manager of the stars, referee to the legends. It's going to be amazing. It's going to be revealing. And this guy's said he's not holding back. Not at all. And I can't wait, personally, Frank, to talk to Bill Alfonso. Me neither. And we're not holding back next week because it's no holds barred. Bachelor Party Edition. Make sure you follow us, like us, review us. Thank you all for listening. That's right. And Frank, let's uh, pull up this app so I can show you where we can get you a nice date coming up. Are you tired of today's dating scene? I just get so nervous when I go on dates. People can be so judgmental in my lifestyle. I'm just out here trying to live my best life. Sometimes my nerves get the best of me, but I'm so afraid of being judged for whipping out my weed pen just to take the edge off. I just want to find someone out there that loves me as much as I love weed. Does she smoke weed? What if she doesn't? Worse, what if she hates the thought of it? Then I look like a real douche for just trying to mellow out and enjoy someone's company. Well, fear no more. Stonersmingle.com is a dating site for stoners by stoners. No more games, no more second guessing. Just create a profile, upload a pic, and you're ready to browse through local stoners in your area that enjoy weed as much as you. No more nerves, no more running to the car just to take a quick hit before coming back and smelling like the loudest. Just a place where you can find your happily ever after. Join a community you can trust. Join stonersmingle.com. It's the hippie, Dicky Moon, man. It's time to sit back, relax, and chill. You're tuned into the 2B Blunt Podcast with Frank Knox and Peasy. Peace. Yes, we do. We have the man, the legend himself. Joseph Von Schmidt. Wow. Von Schmidt, how you doing, man? I'm good. I'm good. How are you? I'm doing well. I'm doing well. Wow, we haven't talked in a long time, dude. No, it's been uh, almost uh, a year and a half the last time we actually saw each other face to face. I know, which is kind of upsetting. You know, I wish I could have seen you when you were here. Uh, and I, I know you made a brief appearance and you were at Test of Strength and whatnot. Uh, wish I could have caught you then, you know? Yeah, but it's good to get up there and uh, train with all the guys. So it's good to see that uh, some of the PWA guys found uh, another uh, new home. It's pretty awesome that so many of the guys went to the same place together. Yeah, and that's what PWA was always about, was about family facing the wrestling. There's a lot of different things out there. Uh, and there's anything that anyone could possibly find in wrestling in any other school, but the real focus of PWA was to have a family environment. Absolutely. Absolutely. And that was one of the things I loved. For those of you who are listening that don't know, I was actually trained by Joseph Von Schmidt uh, for, for, for almost uh, four years that I spent yeah, my time yeah. at PWA, which was the, like one of my favorite, I, like, I always tell people like that was the best time of my life was trading there with you and everyone that was there. It was such a good family experience, you know, like it just felt like a real bond every time we were all there together, bullshitting and working hard at the same time. 
Yeah, you know, not many people know this, but um, I'm one of the only persons from Mr. No Respect to ever get respect. <laughs> this is true. This is true. Even though you still kicked my ass in that battle royal, goddammit. But you were the man who yeah. dubbed me Mr. No Respect Slate Dangerfield. I used to, like, like, you break my balls at class all the time trying to talk about how I look just like Rodney Dangerfield to you. <laughs> but what's the movie you yeah, always but, used to reference? Yeah, I mean, you look like him, but you're less funny. <laughs> oh my god that's right man those were the days and out of that was born you know what you get today yeah. slate dangerfield baby that's crazy uh yeah. <laughs> and it's just so wild and now here we are years later if i haven't we haven't you know been in the same room together having this conversation i'm real excited to talk about uh your legacy, I want to get into maybe more background that maybe I don't know about or some people may not know about who are listening. Um, and just kind of uh, take things through the way that was your, you know, career. Okay, all right. Uh, it all started in uh, Waterbury, Connecticut uh, when I was 24. I uh, actually had a choice between, uh, well, let me uh, let's say I went to the James and Knight at that incredible school, but when I found that school and I joined, that's when I found out about Killer Columbus School up in Massachusetts. So uh, it kind of was taking that point of going to school there without knowing any other school. So that's why one of my biggest things of uh, telling anyone who wants to get into wrestling is really look around and discover what kind of schools are in your area see if you fit and click in with the uh, trainer and uh, go from there. But um, from that point on, I, uh, I trained there for about a year and a half. Then I kind of was out of the nest. And uh, I met uh, a guy uh, named uh, Super Zeta from Mexico. And uh, he came in and he would train with me at a place called DPW. We uh, were training there for the for Mike Milano, um, if anyone um, And uh, he said, hey, you know, I want to bring you to Mexico and, and, and help you finish your training. And uh, then I went to Mexico, trained under Moicano um, wow. on my first uh, tour. And then also uh, from there, I trained with uh, Skyda, which uh, people may know who trained um, – Claudio uh, Castanoli. Uh, yep, yep. Now. But uh, Cesaro, that's it. And Clackenburg um, and, and people like that. So, you know, and I always just picked up stuff along the way. Always train and learn from all, all the, the sources that you can. That's always what I would tell people, and that's how I really followed my career. I mean, you started back with uh, training under Jason Knight at Waterbury. That was the whole start of it. Did you have your first match there under his, what was that, the ACW at that point? Yeah, ACW. That was actually my first championship of the uh, 29 that I held as Joseph Orange Minutes. I had actually started as a guy named Pat Gunner. That's right, Pat Gunner. uh, Yep. And and my first championship was won in uh, at ACW was with uh, tag team champion with uh, my partner uh, his name was Apollo. 
You know, uh, what's crazy is I used to go back back in when I was in college. And now uh, we're talking back in, uh, you know, 2002 to 2005, six age. And I was... Uh, I used to go to the ACW shows when they ran at the New Britain Polish Club. Uh, yeah. And that's just like, that's so crazy when I think about it now to go back. I probably, like, I've seen you before that, <laughs> you know? <laughs> yeah, yeah, you probably have. I mean, ACW was a lot of good learning experiences. They, they were definitely hot off the market with ECW closing down. And uh, they had a lot of ECW talent. And uh, I was actually fortunate enough to, to wrestle a few of them and to be in the ring and learn from them, like Joel Gertner and uh, Balls Mahoney. Yeah, they it had was, a couple uh, guys. They had Kid Cash was there. They had Just Incredible was there for a little bit. Yeah. All the ECW actually, guys coming I, over. Yeah, yeah. That's where I actually got to wrestle Balls. So. Really? Yeah. That's awesome. So from there, you yeah, then yeah. went to Mexico right off the back. Uh, yeah, there was a little bit of touring first because there was actually a falling out with me and uh, the owner there, uh, Jason Knight. So, you know, just basically me not wanting it to do it his way and I wanted to do it my way. And that's kind of the easiest, shortest version of it without getting anyone's uh, laundry too dirty. Yep, yep. That's interesting. Um, See, I didn't know that. Yeah, and then I just kind of toured around, and uh, I actually made New York my uh, home. So actually, I was for a while I wasn't even considered a New England wrestler. Everyone just assumed that I was a New York wrestler. That's right, because you were working at that point down with uh, FTW. Yeah, dog, no, the doghouse. Oh, doghouse where Homicide came out of, Loki, all those guys came out of there, and that's where I went and, and um, was working with them. Yeah, that was a very very big training facility at that point. Now, when you left ACW, did you transform to the character that we know now as Joseph Von Schmidt? Or were you still wrestling under Pat Gunner? Yeah, no, I was still wrestling under Pat Gunner. Um, I didn't change until about eight years in. Eight years in, I got to Sabu. And Sabu had told me at FTW, um, he was like, he was just telling me, about who he was and how his uncle kind of was like, you know, who's Terry Funk here? You know, nobody's going to get behind that. He's like, I'm going to put a turban on you and call you Sabu because everyone's going to get behind it. And look what happened. And so, <laughs> yeah, look what happened. And so, you know, I just kind of like listened to him and I just let it sink in. I just, you know, he wasn't directly talking to me, but he, he was, if, if that makes sense. Like I directly took what he was saying and apply and started thinking and applying it. And then the following, uh, I think, week, I uh, met uh, John Cena Sr. at a show. Wow. And we started talking, and he was asking me, he was like, so what's Pat Gunner? And I was like, yeah, big guy, mess people up, you know, that's the deal. And he was like, yeah, but there's a lot of big guys who mess people up. He goes, you need some kind of hook. And he was like, what can you, what can you do? And I was like, I sat there and thought, and then he pitched to me the new George the Animal Steel. And I was like, I definitely can't do that. (laughs) (laughs) But but, uh, then I told him my background about being German, being a first-generation born here in the United States. And uh, he said that's where he was. And uh, the rest was history from there. That's crazy. And what? Did, that's what you based the character off of? Or did you have like a, something specific that 
you molded like the von schmidt after actually but von schmidt is is molded after my mother wow believe it or not yeah and she's just very the germans are just very arrogant and uh just very um they're never wrong and it's just it's just funny to see that in uh and my parents and, and other Germans, like I grew up around Germans my whole life. And, right. Uh, they're just very just stiff necked people and just, they're never. So it was taking that and all of my life experiences around German people. And, uh, and that's Von Schmidt. That's crazy. I did not know that. That's awesome. Listening to this. I hope my mom's not listening. To this. <laughs> <laughs> well, if she was, I'm sure she'd be proud. <laughs> Oh, yeah, or bad. One of the two. Yeah, well, that's true. That's true. Like she, like you said. <laughs> so you were back. Yeah. Now you went to FTW after this. So you were in FTW for a while. You shared locker room with a lot of guys who are now making their name for themselves just now. Yeah, yeah, I shared a lot in the locker room with them. With, with one thing about FTW, there was also there's a victory for wrestling, and not many people know this. Um, but I'm the only person to ever hold both. There were there were two competing companies. They both hated each other. And I was the only person in history to ever hold both heavyweight championships at the same time. Holy wow. shit. That, that's, that's crazy. Yeah. They, yeah, it is. For two rival companies, you were holding the championship for both. Did that create any kind of, like, controversy? Yeah, it was a heavyweight, it was a heavyweight uh, championship, too. It was the main title. So... And that's what it was. It was I went with BPW, but then BPW pulled the belt uh, for me. Like, you know, I think two or three shows later, I dropped the belt there. But then I continued with my uh, run with FTW. Wow. And I, and I held on to that belt for a, a little bit. Yeah, you, that was extensive. You held that title for quite a bit. Yeah. That's awesome. And who else was in the locker room around that time that you uh, when you were in FTW? Man, uh, Roddy Piper, uh, Simon Dallas Page, I actually got in the ring with and did a uh, spot with him at FTW. What? Um, yeah, yeah, I took a diamond cutter. Oh, you felt the bang! <laughs> yeah, I sure did. That's awesome. Uh, Mick Foley. Um, man, I just so many. I actually, I actually wrestled Bruce Leroy. From the Last Dragon at FTW. Come on. Yep. Holy shit! Yep. You had quite the quite the run there, I'd say. Yeah, man. Yeah. Now, were you able to work with Piper? You said Piper was there. Piper was there, and uh, I didn't work with him, but you know, I get to pick his brain. He just did a lot. He just did some interviews stuff, and he did some like talking to the crowd. He really wasn't doing much in ring work at that time. But, um, you know, I also was with uh, Roddy Piper in uh, LPW and a few other places as well, which is in Pennsylvania. I was going to actually uh, get into that, how, how you went from New York to started working in Pennsylvania. I was going to ask you that. Oh, wow. Well, that works out. It's a great lead-in. <laughs> Good job. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, there he goes. Uh, maybe I should host <laughs> What a transition. Uh, <laughs> um. But, yeah, uh, I was wrestling a, a guy down there, and uh, Piper had actually critiqued our match, and uh, he, he went to the other guy, and he told him, and I was in earshot, and I kind of heard it. And uh, But, you know, he came by, and uh, he uh, 
kind of like really told me what he said. And it's uh, a guy by the name of uh, Van Tassel. And uh, Piper told him that, uh, you know, really watching us work was just really uh, enjoyable for him. And, um, you know, you hear stuff like that and you're just like, oh, they're just being nice. But I have a, a couple stories where, you know, they all kind of tie in. So, like, you know, it, it definitely isn't just someone being nice. Like the Barbarian at uh, actually my first New York place that I worked was uh, was called uh, uh, PWR. And um, the Barbarian was there. That was the first title I won in New York was for PWR. Wow. And, so you, uh, that's crazy. So you had the Barbarian. You won your first title in New York from him. That's... No, 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 no. Oh, I, I misunderstood. Was, I, he was on a show with me. He was on a show with me, and, like, he was walking by. He was walking by all the other workers, and he had his stuff in his hands. He was like, hey, how are you? Hey, how are you? Kind of, like, nodding his head. And he got to me, and he put all his stuff down. And he uh, he reached out and shook my hand. He goes, I want to just tell you, he goes, you're probably one of the best big men I've ever seen on uh, on the indie circuit today. Wow. That's a huge compliment coming from a, a man who's had quite a storied career himself. Yeah, yeah, and uh, I'll never forget something like that. But, you know, you always think it's like, oh, this guy just fluffing me up. But then Mick Foley was watching us at Big Time Wrestling. I was doing uh, Big Time Wrestling, and he was like, man, you know, I goes, I really love watching you. He goes, because I get lost in wrestling when I watch you. He goes, I, I just, he goes, you always suck me into the story. He goes, I, I forget that I'm watching guys uh, fake fighting. Wow, that's such a huge compliment, man. So you must have been feeling yeah. super awesome at that point. That's a, yeah, yeah. Guys, yeah. like a yeah, it was all along the way. It's just like it wasn't like back to back like that, but just over the career. That's that's amazing. That's like that's got to help you push even harder at that point. You know? Yeah. You know, when you get that kind of compliment from legends who are just coming up to you and giving you the, you know. These words, dude, that's like got to be. Uh, that's the fruits of the labor right. and the time put in. That's, you know, what what you strive for when you start getting in the ring. Exactly. That's what I'm saying. And at that point, so now now you're like, you're winning championships uh, left and right. You got the legends all complimenting. You know, that people must have been watching you heavy. I know you made the PWI a few times. and Yeah, not, nine years in a row. Nine years in a row. I mean, that's yeah. guys are making, lucky to make it once, you know, yeah. in their career. If that, yeah. you know, even with 500 spots, it's still some guys will never you know, break, you know, that mold. And that's right. crazy. And then while you so like getting back to Pennsylvania, you're working down there. You also actually, I believe when we talked earlier, you had uh, worked at a company. Was it Far North? Far North. Yeah, that was uh, that was owned by uh, Sterling James. Who uh, everyone probably knows now is uh, Corey Graves. Wow, for Corey WWE. Graves. I didn't even know Corey Graves owned the promotion. Look he at is. this. Yeah. Well, well, it was it was his family's promotion. His dad kind of owned it. He was kind of the booker uh, slash talent scout. And uh, actually, another similar story. I walked into that company. I wrestled, I think, two or three shows for him, and he he came up to me and he goes, "Up until this point, he goes." I couldn't decide who to give the championship to until I met you. Wow. So that's how I became the, the far north uh, heavyweight champion. Man, so you just, now you're making waves. This guy's going from New York, Frank, to Pennsylvania, 
working his way through the Indies and winning championships everywhere he goes. What is the most uh, titles you held at one point in your career? Uh, I've actually held all together total-wise. I think I'm somewhere around like 34, 33, somewhere like that. And uh, I think the most I held at the same time was around, I think, I think I would say around nine. Nine, nine, nine titles? Nine titles, wow. At the same time. Yeah. So you must have had to have two suitcases when you hit the road. <laughs> yeah, man. No, it actually got to the point, like, early on in the career, it was really exciting. And then, like, probably about uh, a few years in with the, all those belts, like, I got sick of carrying them. Because, like, I actually made it again with the like, dragon it and then come out with all the titles. And I was just like, uh and Then lugging them around, I was like, yeah, I think I just want to either drop these or, or just, <laughs> you were walking really out you were walking out the ring with all your belts on at once yeah i, I would wear like that's awesome four on my weight four on my waist at one time and then i'd have like <laughs> two in each arm yes that is great that's great that's the shit right there when you're coming out and you're just draped in gold you know yeah and that's also like, yeah, uh, but, who's gonna argue with the guy who's got nine world, ti- you know, world titles? <laughs> right, man. So, God, I don't even know. This is amazing. That, like, these are things we've never even talked about before. And like, you said you went to Mexico, but that's not the only company for that's been outside of the United States that, or the other country outside the U.S. that you worked in, is it? No, 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 no. I've uh, actually won a championship in uh, Pride uh, Pro Wrestling, which is in England. I won their uh, like their intercontinental belt, and I actually brought it back. And uh, one of my favorite matches was defending that here at PWA against AR Fox. Wow! Um, wow! So I actually won their English title and brought it back to America, defended it, and then brought it back to England uh, to uh, defend and and lose it there. That's just as incredible. well as in Ecuador. Yeah, I won a title in Ecuador for War. War is probably one of the, the biggest companies in Ecuador. Um, I think there's probably three right now, but it's and not just because there's three is it one of the biggest, but like they they bring a lot of people in. They have big TV and they have a good fan base. That's awesome, man. And then you also did Canada too, correct? Oh yeah, yeah. I've done some tours in Canada. I've had uh, I think one of the craziest times up there was. Uh, doing 34 shows in, in 29 days. Wow. That's so a lot. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. We did 34 shows in like 29 days. So how do you like go about booking yourself overseas? And like, you know, traveling over there is a huge expense. Does, do the promotions cover that? Yeah. Yeah. They do. If you're, if you're Joseph on set. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> That's right. When you got but, nine uh, world champions, Frank, now they're they're paying for you to come out. Yeah, yeah, that's <laughs> definitely one thing. Um, it, the only place I could say that I paid to go was to Mexico because I wanted to finish my training. Like I believe, uh, uh, sorry, there's two places, but um, there's. I believe that if you're gonna learn, like there's nothing. If you have the ability, there should be nothing that can stop you. So, like, knowledge is always going to bring you success in the future, no matter what you do or what you apply yourself in. And that's what I uh, that's what I believe. So, 
when I went to finish my training in Mexico, I uh, I paid to go there to do that. But when I wrestled there and then uh, learned how to merchandise, like I made all my money Apparently, back. Yeah. So yep. that was definitely. A how plus. long did you spend in Mexico? Uh, I did three 30-day tours there. Well, actually, 27 days because if you stay over 30 days in Mexico or any country, it becomes uh, it becomes a uh, a part with uh, immigration. So you start to get in trouble with immigration for being there for over 30 days. Oh wow! Without getting a visa. I didn't, I didn't know that. <laughs> you gotta apply for your visa. Yep. Yeah. That's no wonder why you gotta get out of there. <laughs> Gotta go yeah. quick, pack yeah. those bags and go. <laughs> yeah. Wow. So you've had a lot of big matches in your career. And uh there's just a few I'd love to go into if you if you can get your side of uh how things went and maybe a little background on the match if that's all right with you. Yeah, sure, definitely. Um one of the guys who's well known that you've wrestled was Colt Cabana, and I'd love to hear a little bit about that. Yeah, Colt Cabana I wrestled over in uh Keystone wrestling. And uh, Keystone actually bought out LCW, and uh, LCW was one of the places that was drawing anywhere from like fourteen to twenty seven hundred people per show. Wow! Like they they had a huge they had a huge deal, and they were they were just packing them in, and it was just really great to be part of that whole era, and just definitely to be the champion. Yeah, I was gonna say uh, you were you were the champ there for quite a bit. Yeah, for for Keystone, I never got the championship for LCW, but because uh, the main reason the promoter said is that you know I never needed the, the title for his company, like I was strong enough to stand on my own. Um, but uh, I definitely I wrestled uh, the first main event match for the first show ever for the heavyweight title, so they used me in that way. But Colt Cabana, uh, wrestling a guy like Colt Cabana. Uh, it was definitely an interesting learning point. Like for me, I really don't watch WWE. I don't watch like the product. I don't watch uh, a lot of stuff. I mean, I watched it growing up, but I really believe that you become your own. Like I really don't believe that I'm like, Oh, I see that move on TV. I want to do it. I'm more along the lines of getting in the ring and, and learning how to wrestle and how to do it myself and how to make things look clean. And, uh, so that's difficult for some people to wrestle a guy like Colt Cabana because everyone knows his stuff. And then so we're sitting in the back of the, the locker room talking before our match, and he was like, so I do this, this, this. He goes, you're familiar? And I was like, no. <laughs> I was like, uh, nope. <laughs> I was like, I'm not familiar with anything that you do. And then so he just looked at me, and he was like, are you kind of have that are you serious look in his eye? <laughs> and... uh and I just like I kind of looked at him back with the I'm dead serious look in my eye. <laughs> so what ended up happening for this? You guys went out there and you put on a hell of a match, right? Yeah, we went out there. We put on a hell of a match. It was really just a wrestling match, you know. And a lot of things that you see today out there is just like high spot, high spot, flip, and no selling. That's not. That's really not like I could do that stuff. I learned lucha libre, and I'm really fluent in all that type of wrestling. But it's not really. I don't like think that's really as super entertaining. I think there's spots for it. I think there's certain things that are amazing, but like I believe like from the old school mentality, it's like we tell a story. 
and that's what it is. It's just the way that we can tell a story with what we do. Well, it showed a lot and of that in your training. Did. I'll tell you that. Yeah. Yeah. It's crazy. That's crazy. And another match I'd love to talk about is another guy who's now working for the big company, uh, known as Kurt Hawkins, but then was Brian, My- Brian Myers. And you had the NWA title defense. Yes, yeah, that was when I was the NWA champion. This was a huge was accomplishment, NWA. too. Yeah, I had the uh, NWA championship, and um, uh, it was on, on fire. And then they also like kind of merged with um, ECPW. ECPW um, has a lot of guys actually who's, uh, who's I met in that locker room that are doing big things right now, and we'll maybe get to that in a little bit, but. Uh, um, yeah, I wrestled, and this, this is a completely crazy story. Uh, so, me and him nice are guys. scheduled to wrestle. Ricky Reyes is on the show, and, and a few other guys. And so, me and him, after we get everything situated, we're dressed and kind of talking. And he was like, okay, he's like, Shawn Michaels, Edge, Gangrel, uh, Batista, um, Undertaker, John Michael. And I'm like, look at him. Like he has 10 heads. And I was like, huh? He was like, yeah, that's what I do. What? I'm like, yeah. I was like, what? <laughs> what the fuck? What does that even mean? <laughs> that's, that's exactly. I was just looking at him. I was like, what does that mean? I was like, <laughs> I go, John Michaels. I was like, what? You dance to the ring? <laughs> what, are you, what are you? Hits his little pyro. Hits the Batista pyro. Yeah. What are you, you going to I don't know, is the crotch chop the first John Michaels or the second John Michaels? What do you That's what I can't believe that that's what he said to you. Yeah, that's how he called his match. That's what he was trying to call his match to me. Shawn Michaels, so, Undertaker, Batista. Shawn yeah. Michaels again. Look at another Batista. Oh my god. That I thought was so, that was me in your position. I probably wouldn't have even like been able to contain myself. Yeah, yeah. I just kind of looked at him like he had ten heads, and I just kind of was like, "Oh man!" So, did you ever find out what that meant? <laughs> <laughs> it meant he got pummeled. That's what it meant. Oh god! <laughs> so if you're gonna talk to if you're gonna talk to me like. Uh, like you're a mark, you know, I'm going to pummel you in the ring. Cause he put out a tweet later of guys. He didn't want to ever wrestle again. And my name was second. <laughs> <laughs> so he must've must uh, dished it out uh, real nice. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, I'm like, that's, I don't under, like, I don't blame you, especially from a guy who's like working like in what's supposed to be like, you know, the big leagues at that, you know, now back then, obviously another story, but like, just to hear like, like that's how he went about things. That's kind of wild. Yeah, and that's the thing about me, too, is, like, you know, a lot of people try to big league me in, in the career and stuff, and it's just, I let my work speak for itself. I never was intimidated by anyone that I stepped in the ring with, you know. I stepped in the ring with Jim Vicious. I stepped in the ring with just a ton of people. Like, you name it, I probably stepped in the ring with them. Like, old-school legend-wise, and, like, I've been around Captain Lou Albano. I, I just... You know, that's the kind of school and mentality I came from. and um, Which I'm sure rubbed people the wrong way. <laughs> so, yeah, it, it did rub people the wrong way. But that's just the way I came I came about the business, you know. Yeah. And I just, 
if you want to be a superstar, that's what you got to do. It's, it's like I told a lot of you guys when you were training at the school. If The Rock walks through the door, you're like, wow, it's The Rock. If he steps in the ring with you, it's like, let's go. Yeah. Yeah. Man. That's how you... <laughs> Yeah, that's that's how you become a superstar. Yeah, you don't you is, don't waste any time. Is there one yeah. uh, opponent that was like your favorite match all time? You, you're just that stands out in your career. Wow, that's that's a hard question to answer. I've had so many matches that I've I've liked, um, but probably my favorite match is the uh, weapons match I did with Tony uh, Mass on uh, in Canada. And basically what it was is I had uh, taken about 25 weapons and I placed them on different parts of my body. And then the, the coup de grace was I taped a crowbar to my back. What? Wow. <laughs> yeah. And the way we played it is that the referee and Tommy didn't see the weapons I had. So, so when they went to check me in the beginning, he found like, he found 24 weapons, and it was like, what are this for? And then every time it was, you know, every time I had a reason why I had it on me, it wasn't cheap. It was, like, I had a fork on me, and I was like, oh, that's the heat after work. <laughs> and then it was like, you know. And it, <laughs> and, uh, that's awesome. <laughs> so, and then the, the final thing is I pulled my jacket off, and there's a crowbar taped on my back. And so Tommy and the ref, like the way I position it, they never see it. But the crowd is just like screaming. They're on, they're on it. They're feet at this point. And you keep your back away from the ref the whole time. Yes. Yes. That's awesome. Yeah. And uh, so then finally, and then I wrestled. I don't even know how it stayed on, but I actually wrestled the spot too. Like that was the goal to wrestle like the opening spot with the crowbar still taped to my back without without it coming off. Wow. That yeah, and it sounds dangerous. Yeah, yeah. Well, there's no bumps, but... Wow. No bumps on the crowbar. Yeah, but still, thank God. Because that could have been yeah, real devastating. Yeah. <laughs> one wrong move, yeah. forget it. Yeah. Wow, that's it's a good question, that's Frank. That's definitely one of my favorite matches, man. Well, I want to move forward, if that's right. I want to talk to you about the... Uh, the interspecies incident with Chris Dickinson. Oh, interesting. Yeah, I'd yeah. love to, I'd love to get yeah. your side of the story on this. Sal, you're you're digging deep, huh? You're I I, I want to hear. Listen, that's right. I want to know everything. Yeah, uh, okay. We were at the show, you know, but I kind of. Uh, I wasn't wrestling for them, but I kind of was there, and they kind of, like, uh, we were promoting the school, so, you know, at that time, it was, you know, 25 bucks, get it at the table, and you promote the school, promote whatever you want, and we were down there promoting the uh, the school, and uh, there was uh, two girls sitting behind the table, as well as me and another student, and uh, Chris Dickinson had planned some kind of spot where he jumped off of the, the ring through our table, just for whatever reason, and okay. uh, whether he didn't, whether he didn't like me or, or whatever the, that that point of it was, but the fact of the matter is, he jumped through the table and he hurt uh, both of the girls. What? And yeah, yeah, yeah. He, he like he just was reckless, jumped through the table. The other guy's uh, girlfriend was the one who got seriously 
more hurt than uh, the other girl that was behind the table. Oh my but, god! Um, you know, so he jumped through that table, and like I just started to see, I saw red immediately. Oh. So he landed right, right off through the table on the floor, right in front of me. So I just kicked him square right in the face. Holy shit! And uh, yeah, and he he stood up and he was like, "What's your?" As soon as he said, "What's your?" I freaking pummeled him. Oh, you know, oh my God! He gets what he deserves. Pummeled. He deserved it. Yeah, he just got pummeled. He couldn't even get the next word out of his mouth. I pummeled him, and then he's like running away and trying to run and, and run from me, and I'm just like following him as he's running away, pummeling him. So this is and, right, uh, right in the middle of the show. Yeah, right in the middle of the show. You're just beating the shit out of him. Yeah. Shoot. But then, yes. But then I, I wish we were there that day, Dizzy. Me too. <laughs> I don't like Chris Dickinson. I see him at Beyond Wrestling last week. He's a jabroni, anyways. <laughs> <laughs> wow. So but the only reason I Go the ahead. only reason I stopped is I was wearing glasses, and my glasses fell off. Not that they got knocked off or anything; they just fell off my. And so I was looking for my glasses because I just got a brand new pair of glasses. You know, glasses are expensive. And it's like 270 bucks or something. And I was like, man, I don't want to break those. So I grabbed my glasses. And then by the time I get back from grabbing my glasses, I stand up and he's in the ring. No. And he's in the ring. and he's, Yeah, yeah, he's in the ring. And, like, everything is, like, heated. And, like, you could see that, you know, he got his ass whipped. And then – uh but then he tried getting it tough, and he tried playing it into part of the show. Oh, and my God. Like, All right. I was like, okay, okay. I was like, keep on running your mouth. And keep on talking. I was like, I'll, I'll be here after the show. I go, I'll be outside. I'll be waiting for you. I was like, go finish your show. And, like, so <laughs> they continue. They finish their match. He's still talking crap for me, crap, crap to me through the ring and from the ring. And I'm, like, I'm just, like, I was like, I'm done talking. I was like, I'll see you outside. <laughs> oh, my God. So, yeah. And then uh, so I go out <laughs> and I sit out on his car. And I'm sitting there. It's winter. And I don't even have a – like, I have, like, a really thin jacket. I'm sitting out on his car. So he wouldn't leave the venue. Come on. He would not leave. Nope. He would not leave the venue. He had to, he had to beg and cry the promoter to come and uh, to get me to uh, get off of sitting on his car. Come on! Yeah. What a jabroni! Yeah. Well, he already got his ass beat once. He, I mean, he didn't want none of that smoke. Yeah, he, he didn't want none of that smoke. He already got his ass kicked. He knew he had no chance for the German hammer, Joseph von Schmidt, damn it. Especially after that stun he pulled. I can't believe that. Yeah. Well, he got what he deserved then. Yeah. No good piece of shit. Yeah, that's, yeah, that's, yeah, he had no respect, right? That's right, he had no respect, damn it. Can you believe it? And then he even had the boss yeah. to come out there and fight you man to man. Yeah, it could have just been over. I could have just could have been over. That's bullshit. But, um, yeah, and then so Interspecies started playing it, and like they were promoting it, but they were blurring out my face. Come on. Yeah, so it turned into like this whole thing of like, you know, this is what happens at our shows, and we're not going to name certain wrestlers, and and, like this is the incident, and like they tried to spin it, like it was me coming, showing up to a show and starting a fight with him. Like they tried to work into a storyline. No, they weren't trying to work into a storyline. They were just trying to just dirty me. They tried. Oh, that's bullshit. 
yeah so they just kind of was like this is what kind of like this this guy comes to the show and he starts a fight with one of our wrestlers type deal that table spot was completely uncalled for it was out of spite for whatever reason right well there there's a there's a more of a backstory and it actually started with far north wrestling far north wrestling and dickinson were booked on the same show and he actually was talking to uh to two people like you know in my career i've always wanted to help out people and and travel and, and train and just you know be a helpful person he was talking to me and another guy through te- uh text and he had kind of mixed up the texts, so he was talking about me to another wrestler and he was calling me a mark oh He's no like, i'm about to get a ride from this mark and i was like yeah i was like you're talking to the mark right now through text and uh i was like oh you know my what? god I was like, <laughs> I was like we're just both from the same man i'm already told me to reach out to you so we can carpool and um you know, so that's it. I was like, I don't need to ride with you. I was like, I don't need to give you a ride. I don't need to travel with you. I was just trying to help you out. You're a young guy, and the promoter said that you, you know, you were the uh, young guy, and maybe we can cut expenses by coming down. And uh, so that all goes, uh, that all happens, and then we end up going to far north. I end up going there, and then I see him, and he, like, sticks out his hand to shake my hand, and I was like, get the hell out of here. Oh, my and, God. <laughs> And that's really, Are you serious? Like, yeah, that's that's what happened. I was like, that's like more disrespectful. Like, that you really you spit his face for you. You tried to help him. Yeah, and then so he held on to that. He held on to what he did and that animosity years later to what he did at uh, Interspecies, and that that's really the how it went. Like that's that's the food. Well, I'm glad we got your side of the story because I can't believe the other company tried to you know. Pour the fire off on you and smother you out. I mean, yeah. you're... Who's the mark now, Dickinson? That's you right. You got pummeled. You got pummeled, you little bitch. I can't believe it. Can you? Damn, Frank. Uh, what he deserves. That's the kind of people you run into sometimes in the business. It's, like, it's unbelievable. These people are so full of themselves. There's so many egos in wrestling. Everybody's got an ego. Not everybody. Don't sit, don't get me wrong. Shouldn't say that. But there are a lot of egos in the wrestling business. And some of them are... <laughs> You know, a little on, out of their league, right? And, and and that's the thing. It's like you know, that's one thing I never got into. Like when I was growing up, like my brothers used to make me fight, like legitimately fight. And uh, I've probably been in over five hundred street fights since I was a kid. Like no joke. And the one thing of why it probably was good for me is it didn't have I didn't have an ego. Like I always got in the ring. I'm like, hey. We're telling a story. It's athletic. It's it's really cool what we do, but it's really fake fighting. Let's let's break it down. Like let's just get down to like everyone can just wrap it in whatever kind of package they want. It's like we're we're working together, and we both know that we have families or or uh, other prospective loved ones, and uh, we have to go and we're uh, trying to get ourselves to the next point, next stage, big contract. So we're not. It's not MMA, you know. We're not right. we're not fighting once every six months, once every year for a huge contract. We're fight, we're wrestling, you know, four times a week or more, you know, making a little bit of money, but trying to to, to support your family. Right, which is and, a tough uh, call, tough thing way, to do. 
Yeah, and that's just the way I looked at it. So I never had an ego where I was like, man, I'm the best fake fighter in the world. Like, some of these guys are just like, I'm the best fake fighter in the world. Like, I mean, yeah, but it must have been nice to still have people telling you, especially people who are important, that, you know, you're killing it. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. No, you no, know? no. I mean, I, mean on the e- I mean, on the ego point, no, it's always good to hear. It's always good to hear from, the, like, in, in Bret Hart with one another guy. You know, I was in, in Canada, and the guy was asking him, he said, hey, what can I, uh, what do I need to do, Brett, to get really good, you know? And he just said, and I'm just, you know, maybe about 10 feet away from him. He goes, you see that guy right there? He pointed to me. And he was like, watch what he does in the ring and do that. Yeah, see, that's a that's a huge compliment. And it's the one thing to yeah. take it and let it inflate yourself, but you've just been, you know, in my opinion, because I've, I've known you for a little bit, that, you know, just very humble guy, you know? Yeah. But I know yeah. you don't take uh, no bullshit. No, that, I definitely don't. I'm, I'm very hum- humble. I will give you the shirt off of, uh, off of my back. I will help anyone when it comes down um, to it. But I'm um, not going to just, I'm not going to let you piss on my back and tell me it's raining. Right. Right. Which is good. And that's one of the things that brought me to, the PWA. I felt like I went, I came the first time uh, you guys had, I know you guys started in um, New Haven and then moved to Cheshire. Uh, yes. And even in New Haven, they had, he's got a lot of guys that have come out of there that are still working today. Um, yeah. You know, which is uh ode to your uh, ability to teach. And yeah, you know, and then you moved to Cheshire and I remember coming in, it was before you guys moved to your final location there. Uh, and I went to the first class and I watched, you know, and I sat there and I watched and I was just, I was very intrigued. One, I was obviously already a fan. So I knew I wanted to, you know, do it, but like just seeing how, how you went about and tra- were working and training the students. Like I felt like, like this guy like knows what he's doing. Like I just, you over like automatically got this feeling, you know what I mean? That it, like mm-hmm. this, this guy's the real deal. You know, <laughs> not to mention he's like <laughs> towering over me, and I'm a tall guy. <laughs> so, <laughs> I, I'm a big dude. I wouldn't want to learn from a, like a smaller guy. I felt like it would kind of be, uh, you know. Yeah, you're not gonna be able to do that flip. Yeah, I'm obviously that, look know, at me. So, you know, yeah. I can barely stand for Christ's sakes. All right, <laughs> got spaghetti that knees. That, that, but that, but that's the thing about you know, a lot of different schools. A lot of different. I've been, I've been to, I've been all around the world. I've been around the world. I've trained with a lot, bunch of different people. I've seen people come and go. I mean, I've, I, I know a lot of crappy things about training schools that I always told myself that I would never get. I would never be. And the, the majority of the things that I saw that was crap is like you go to the wrong school and the teacher's invested in someone who looks like a wrestler, someone who has natural athletic skills, and then everyone else is just they're sapping money out of. Um, and I don't think that's right. I think wrestling is so much bigger than that, so much broader than that. It's like, yeah, you need your genetic freaks and athletic wonders. I was like, but that's not like look at who who is who's made the money over the years. People who could tell stories. Right. That's that's really what it is. It's like who who's believable? Like Hulk Hogan, Ultimate Warrior, Ric Flair. Like, don't get me wrong, like, they all had their abilities in certain ways, and they could, 
I don't care what anyone tells me, Ultimate Warrior could wrestle. Um, you know, he may have not just been the best wrestler in the book, but either was Hogan. But look at, if I guarantee you, if you look at their checkbooks and their bank accounts, um, they they were would be considered monetarily wise the best wrestlers that ever have been on the scene. True, very true, very true. That's I mean, then that's uh, the truth. You know, to the storytelling is a big aspect. You know, big aspect which yeah. you taught plenty of while we were at the school. You know. Um, which is kind of one thing I want to go into, if that's all right with you. Sure. Uh, I have spent my good time at the school and, uh, it's, it was one of the best times I've had, you know, in my life. I always remember my time at PWA. I've been there a few times. Yeah. You've been to a few shows. I've been to a few shows. You've seen like the, you've seen me wrestle once, but I don't know what that is. Oh, cut that out after, um, the school was going strong for a while, and then yeah. um, uh, it, a lot of things happened prior to leading up to the closing of the school. You know, uh, yeah. not saying yeah. that they're all directly related, but uh, <clears throat> we had gotten to a point where you were getting ready and moving to. Uh, or t- moving, basically, we'll leave it like that. I'm not. I want to put your business out on the air, you know. Yeah, yeah. But you had you were yep. leaving Connecticut at one point. Yeah, yeah. What was the reasoning for that, if I may ask? Well, the reason why I ended up leaving Connecticut it was because there was just so much time that was dedicated to uh, just the students, the students, and my career and everything, and just like. You know, my life was just kind of falling apart. Like, you know, my personal, my personal life. And so, you know, I, I just made a decision and I was happy at that point in time. And it was time to just kind of move, move on. And it was nothing, like nothing that I just didn't want to train anyone anymore. It wasn't anything about that, but it was just, I dedicated almost 30 years of my life to wrestling. Like, I started collegiate wrestling and, and wrestling when I was, you know, 12 years old. And a lot of people don't know that about me. Like, I have a background in, in that kind of wrestling. And, like, I never did it in college because I actually got into trouble when I was a teenager. But um, but I started wrestling when I was 12. So wrestling was pretty much my life. And uh, it just came to a point where, you know, I had to decide that uh, – I needed to live for myself a little bit. And that's really, that was really just the main, main reason. It was, you know, it was, I wasn't mad at anybody. I wasn't, I didn't not want to train anyone anymore. It was just, just, I needed time for myself. That's what it felt like uh, on my end too. I mean, I know there was a lot of uh, personal things going on in your life at the time. So I can understand yeah. why you wanted to go. I mean, there was a lot. There was a lot of awkward moments. I'm not going to lie. Uh, leading up yeah. to the things, you know, and I don't know how much we want to go into it because I don't want to like put too much people's dirty laundry out either, you know. Right. But I felt right, like right. there was a lot of shit talk towards you, you know, in the process. Maybe not directly, but like indirectly online, social media, whatever upon you when you first had left. And I felt like that was uh, not fair that you never got your chance to even defend yourself. 
Well, yeah, and that and that was the point of the night. He's like, you know, they say you really start seeing people true colors down the down the road and with history. And you know, the, the two people, you know, who stuck by me are the people I still talk to today. And uh, even if I don't see him for a year or two or a year and a half like you, like we could just sit down and pick up the conversation just as like we never, you know, that time didn't go by. And that's, that's really what you can tell is a true friend in, in life. And like, you know, there's a certain few that I have in wrestling and uh, in life that you can just, no matter how much time goes by, when you see each other again, it's not like, Hey stranger, it's like, hey man, how you been? And then blah 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 blah, and then you're just right back into it. And uh, but what it was is a lot of guys. I went above and beyond for all all my students as they as they progressed. Some people felt that I did, had favoritism towards other ones, but I never did anything for someone who didn't deserve it. I didn't care what I felt about a person. I didn't care if I personally liked them or not. It's uh, if they work for it. I'm going to be the last person in this world to hold them back. Yeah. And, and so people were working for stuff and they were, they were living the life. They were traveling with me. They had a free ride. They were traveling all different states, all different promotions, getting opportunities, getting wrestling. And then when I just decided to live for myself, that's when it turned. And it was like, you know, then I'm the biggest POS uh, in the world because it was time for me to, to try to live my life. Right. Yeah, exactly. And now, you know, I'm glad that, you know, everybody knows the deal. I mean, you're here. To, it's just, the guy wrestled for 30 years, man. You know, yeah. He, he needs to, everyone yeah. needs a break. He wanted to reset, and everyone's got to talk shit, you know? Yeah. Who are they? It was bullshit. It was bullshit. And there was, and again, he wasn't here to, like, defend himself. And that always, like, pissed me off inside a little bit. Because some people like just like to run their mouth and they don't even know the story. And some people just think they know the story, but they really don't know shit. You know what I mean? And that's what bothers me sometimes. Yeah. And uh, I felt like you deserved a little more, you know, respect than you got, mm-hmm. you know, especially for everything hey. you've done for these people, you know, and not just the workers, like anybody who came to a PWA Friday night show or one of our road events or anything like that. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's just the way the world works, I guess. And I mean, it really, it kind of made me bitter for a minute, not, not long, you know, because like realistically, uh, we'll get into like where my faith is. My faith is, you know, I'm, I'm a Christian and I have that peace. I have inner peace that I know God is really looking out for me. Yeah. Which is an awesome lifestyle change that you've made. I've, I've been watching your, uh, from when you left here to when you moved, you know, the transformation, which is, you know, I'm glad to see that you're happy and, you know, you got your family and, uh, you know, you're just living yeah. your life. And that's, I'm, I'm very glad. I'm happy for you, man. You know? Yeah. Yeah, man. I appreciate it. Thank you. And, and, uh, and it just, go ahead. Yeah. Uh, and it was just the fact that like, you know, anyone who is taking on that kind of heat and kind of flack and like, you know, I kind of heard through the winds because, people that were really my friends were kind of telling me what was going on right and like there was really little things that made me bitter but like but i was over i became i got over it and it's just like and and that's what inner peace that that inner peace brought to me and it was really happy to have it was like you know what my life is my life is good i got a wife i got a brand new baby and it's just 
I'm doing what it is for me. And now I'm like, I took time off. I was hurting. I was getting fat. I was, you know, because the injuries were piling up that I couldn't really work out. There's things I couldn't do anymore. Right. And now I'm healed up and, and rearing up and getting back in the ring. So, so before we get into your return, I just want to get one more thing. And we never actually discussed. I was just interested in knowing what exactly led to the final closing of PWA. I know you came back. We did the big last Friday night fight show, which was, you know, amazing to Joseph watch Memorial Battle Royal. You know, I mean, it was a, it was an amazing. It was such a good night, you know. But like, what what ended yeah. up happening that the doors ended up just closing? Okay, so the main thing there was a, uh, there was a few little things, but the main thing above anything else, just the rest of everyone's mind. The main thing is that we got screwed out of the lease by the landlord. Oh, is, is we had we had the lease on the building, and the lease wasn't up until uh i think november and come july they had sold the building out from underneath us while we were still in lease in contract um and then so august rolled around and uh you know they were putting pressure on us to kind of to to, to move out so we wanted to make sure that we at least had a good uh good show and a good send off but at that point it, it was already a year that i wasn't there like we were kept we we decided me and Kara decided that we wanted to keep the school open as long as possible even if it wasn't beneficial to us because we wanted a, a place for people to train and it was a family atmosphere and so there was many months that pwa never even made enough money to sustain itself where me and Kara would you know, we would cover the bills. And it wasn't like, oh, man, this thing is starting to cost us money. Let's close it down. It was more along the lines of just as I kind of carried on with my life and kind of went away, uh, it almost seemed like certain people really just kind of took the school and what we were doing for granted. But the whole main point of it was it was the landlord. It wasn't anything that, it's news. Yeah, and many people probably yeah, don't even know that. I think a lot of people attribute the, the show closing to you moving or, or the school, but I never thought like I never thought that that was, yeah, was right actually, or sounded right. Yeah. You know? Yeah, I was actually gone for over a year before the doors actually closed. Yeah, I Kara really did a great a job keeping it going too. She did an amazing she job. She did. She did, and she she deserves a lot more credit than she'll ever get, but. You know, I guarantee you that uh, if anyone ever asks me about her and the credit to the wrestling business, especially the CP wrestling scene, like she was a, a pioneer woman for for CP wrestling. And, uh, you know, not many people believe it because she's not flashy. She's not up front. She's not in your face. She's just someone who will, you know, like a hen gathers chick. She'll grab everything and hold it together. And that's what she really did for PWA. Right. Yeah, it's true. So now you've been gone for a few years and you haven't been wrestling, but now here you are. 2019, yep. Joseph Von Schmidt is making his return to the ring. Actually, you've already made your return to the ring, correct? Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I already have. Actually, my first show back was I was wrestling a charity event for Jeff Foxworthy and uh, oh. Rocky King in Atlanta. So actually, my first event back was like this big kind of to-do 
charity fundraiser event where like all like these actors and comedians and everything were just there and that was just that was my first show back so I was wow like, man what a what a way to start wrestling. I'll say. I know. Wrestling for the stars. Wrestling to the stars. That's right. <laughs> Jeff Foxworthy. Yeah. Yeah. Wow, man. Um, that, that's that was, awesome. Yeah. I mean, this so guy. That was my first comeback. And what have you been doing since? Are you still training? I know you got a lot of shows coming up. I don't know if you want to plug anything while we're, you know, we're on the topic. You know, anything coming up? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I started doing 1FW and, uh working with um, them, which is a satellite company for AEW. And oh, then wow. I actually am working with uh, WWA4, which is uh, AR Fox's school. Oh, yeah, AR Fox. He did a, you got a few matches with him, too, no? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And hmm. uh, that was the thing. It was just putting on – it was just uh, putting on a – getting familiar with him and, and – being here in Atlanta, it was great that uh, I was able to come down to his school, help the next generation. So now, actually, he asked me to come down and, and help train with his, his guys. He said, whatever you want to do. Or, he goes, I already let all my guys know. Once you're in this building, whatever you say goes, goes. Wow, that's awesome, man. So you're going to be back training so, and wrestling. Yeah. Isn't it funny how that works out? <laughs> That's awesome, man. You've been doing training. So now you're doing training, you're wrestling, you're acting now. Yeah, that's really what I'm focused at right now. So it's just life, wrestling, training, and that's pretty much it. Nice, man. Well, before we let you go, is there anything you want to plug? Social media, shows, companies, anything going on that you want the audience to know? Yeah, man, check me out. Joseph Von Schmidt, Joseph with an F. So J-O-S-E-F Von Schmidt. You can look me up on YouTube. You know, I'll be the guy with all the, the numbers with the K next to the videos of uh, me wrestling. Just <laughs> uh, look for the guy with all the belts. That's right, and all the views. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, look, up, look me up there. And uh, uh, I actually have a show coming up, um, Wrestling Brian Tillman Jr. That's happening uh, August 10th. Back to work in the big guy. Uh, this guy is back, you know, in a short amount of time, he's already wrestling the top talent down there, you know, yeah. working for AEW yeah. satellite companies and just making an awesome life for himself, you know, killing it on a scene. And I'm really happy to hear that you're back and doing which I think you do best. And that's wrestling and teaching. Thanks, man. I really appreciate it. And we really appreciate you coming on the 2B Blunt podcast. And hopefully one day down the line, we'll be able to do this again because I'd love to, you know, conversate with you. I'm sure there's much more stuff. about all the the belts he's going to win in the next couple months. That's right. Before you know, he's going to come back talking about he's got 10 belts on his back. (laughs) Straight over his shoulder. All right, Joseph von Schmidt. Thank you very much, man. My name is Brian Tillman Jr. I am one-third of the New Heart Foundation on Major Wrestling, and you are listening to Peasy on the 2B Blunt Podcast. Thanks for tuning in. Another episode of 2B Blunt Podcast. Don't forget to check out our new YouTube page at 2B Blunt Podcast with the number two. It's Peasy and Frank Knox. We'll see you next week for the Bachelor Party edition of the 2B Blunt Podcast. It's the highest motherfucking podcast around. 2B Blunt with Peasy. 15 minutes could save you 15% or more. Is that Shakespeare? Nope.
It's Geico. Uh, yeah, 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 that's Shakespeare from one of his unpublished works. Oh, it be not for awakening. Nay, give it thou the berries. For fifteen minutes could save you fifteen percent or more. No, it's from Geico, because they help save people money. Well, I hate to break it to you, but Geico got it from Shakespeare. Geico. 15 minutes could save you 15% or more. 15 minutes could save you 15% or more. Is that Shakespeare? Nope. It's Geico. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's Shakespeare from one of his unpublished works. Oh, it be not for awakening. Nay, give it thou the berries. For 15 minutes could save you 15% or more. No, it's from Geico, because they help save people money. Well, I hate to break it to you, but Geico got it from Shakespeare. Geico. 15 minutes could save you 15% or more.